Welcome to the Mortal Realms, an Age of Sigmar story phase. Grab your hammer so we can clear a path through the chaos and forge our own narratives in the Age of Sigmar. Your allies through the Realm Gate this episode are... I'm Davey, and I'm skipping the intro this time. The greatest beast in the wood does not need to display its fangs. <laughs> uh, I'm Aaron, ham sandwich eater. <laughs> My name is Paul, and I like this book, but I prefer the title of the Cockney translation, Pork Puking Pujo. <laughs> and this is Eric, and I might be a Jarek for saying this, but I'm hungry for some Hamilcar Helper. Ooh. In this episode, we are discussing <laughs> Hamilcar, Champion of the Gods, by David Geimer. At long last, the Bear Eater has his own novel, in which he squares off against enemies and allies alike, through challenges no Stormcast has ever faced. But worry not, because when hope is lost and evil is abound, who will be victorious? Only Hamilcar. <laughs> How are you tonight, gentlemen? Real good. That's pretty good, right? Like, yeah, I like that. that. Yeah. 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 Aaron wrote that. We I love did. it. Yeah. Because <laughs> you thought we were going to say only the faithful. Get it? Yeah. You guys get it? You yeah. guys have been following yeah. us along. Yeah. I wish, I feel like you should have said I was knowingly thinking, that you did such a good job at writing this because that's what Hamilcar would have done. Sure, absolutely. So he wouldn't have written it. He would have spoken it <laughs> off Internal the dialogue, yeah. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Only the porkful. So what's new with you guys? What's been going on? Not a whole bunch reading that, reading Hamilcar. <laughs> <laughs> we kind of had a little bit of a quick turnaround on this, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, because of Adepticon coming up and wanting mm-hmm. to kind of squeeze that in while we're all kind of preparing for that as well. well um, some of us are preparing for it. Yeah. <laughs> are you uh, so, Davey? Yep. What are you where, What are you doing at Adepticon this year? Grand Clash. Um, going to do that Warhammer Underworlds thing. Uh, you want to hear more about that? Obviously, it's our side thing. What yeah. the hex? Um, Phil and I are heading down for that. I'm bringing God's War and Hunt, so painting like a storm. <laughs> <laughs> gonna be, gonna be great. Uh, and then uh, Phil's bringing his Magors, but having fun. Uh, tried out a new uh, paint scheme. A couple things I've never tried the glowing eyes before. Went okay, and then uh, gray skin, which was kind of fun. Yeah, and uh, I used uh, an, uh, a recipe for obsidian. Uh, blades that I, I found somewhere and uh, well that especially looks good like yeah, that's part. Yeah. yeah so um, I uh, I enjoyed paying that little little guy now I gotta do the rest <laughs> <laughs> um, Paul you're not prepping anything are you uh, yeah <laughs> doing a lot of work on the Jimmering Dome adding more terrain features and stuff so at the moment it's a lot of cutting scoring and carving yeah yeah we had a good talk a couple of uh, campaign phases ago about the Gibbering Dome, so mm-hmm. if you want to check that out. Um, but a big undertaking and a lot of fun to be had, I'm sure. Yeah. I'm and are you playing in any uh, events? Uh, I will be doing the the GT. Okay. So I'll be doing the five day or the five game two day tournament. I'm not expecting anything good. <laughs> I didn't get last last year, so that was great. Cool, cool. Um, I am heading up uh, Thursday and probably coming back either to Friday night or Saturday morning. Um, just uh, the only thing I have planned is Friday night, Telephore War- Warlords, uh, the Eighth Wonder of Gur battle is happening. Uh, so we've got some more planning to do for that. I'm uh, finishing up. I'm putting tons of Ghibli bits on my Aether Dance um, frigate, uh, uh, Drukhari John frigate. And so enjoying the, the finally getting my hands on it, not afraid of it anymore. I was a little like standoffish, but I'm really excited to again, get some paint on it. And I've got 
a week to do it basically plenty and, uh, of I've got, time but i got family so coming in i've got tons of work to do this week to make up for next week it's it's gonna be crazy well, family doesn't take any time though no. they can occupy themselves no, no, no. so yeah um and then but thursday i'm just gonna go up and hang out with people and uh i did that one day last year where i just had you know went up and met people for the first time and had fun just hanging out so looking forward to, to doing that um yeah the hangout is fun we, we went up to uh Paco, we we got up with time to hang out before and after because Underworlds didn't take up all that much, so it was it was cool. There was uh, we were we actually were sitting practicing and people would just drop, sit down and, and chat for a while. I was like, oh yeah, this is this is part of the fun of this. Yeah, it was, it, the social. It was definitely worthwhile yeah. to like sort of get up there early. Yeah. Um, have you guys tried not having any deadlines and not doing anything at all? Because let me tell you, uh, my conscience is clear. Uh, <laughs> no, there's no there's no, so there's no sweat on this brow. Uh, I'm, I'm living living large, feeling yeah. great. Are you? Is that is that what you're telling yourself? Uh, no, that's it? what I'm telling you guys. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, honestly, really not really working on all that much. Just sort of filing here and there. I did. I'm still working on putting the, just like the different corn components that I've had in preparation for yeah. the battle tome. Like that matters. Like I'm ever going to play them or put them <laughs> on the table. But like at least I'll know they're there. Sure. Um, With you, filing could be a couple things, right? Just filing models or sure. Oh, that's true. Or creating yeah. uh, organizational schemes for yeah, tracking sp- spreadsheets, yeah. uh, different documents, um, all of the above. Actually, yeah. some of the most broad. Uh, this uh, definition of hobby. I'm half, half tempted to pull out the different uh, forms I'm, I'm using, <laughs> but uh, that wouldn't make for very good radio. I'll, po- I'll put them in the show notes. Um, Do you have uh, a filing cabinet with all the? In- I don't. There's, there's one right out here, but it's for my kids. Actually, I, I can hear people stopping the episode now to rush to the show notes <laughs> to go find. Oh my god, I got to find these spreadsheets. Yeah. You laugh. I don't know. I feel like that's what brings the girls to the yard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if only. Don't tell my wife I said that. Uh, but yeah, no, that's what I've been working on. It, it's awesome. <laughs> Saved it. Yeah, nailed it. Anything you guys want to share before we jump into the story phase? No. That's honestly all I want Super. to talk about is this book. I know. The story phase. In the story phase, we delve into the stories, characters, creatures, and environments of the Nine Realms. Throughout the Realm Gate Wars, Sigmar's centuries-long crusade against chaos in the mortal realms, there has been a, never been a hero like Hamilcar Bear Eater, famed Lord Castellan to the Astral Templars. Would Gardas have charged headlong into the strong Lord of Uxar Untamed, with a mere handful of warriors at his back? Would Vandas have had the foresight or magnetism to drink himself euphoric, start a war with the Scarborough Lodge, and then wake come morning to a sore head and 50,000 Moon Clan berserkers avowed to Sigmar's cause? No. Only Hamilcar. But when an ancient Skaven warlock with a thirst for godhood turns his attention towards Hamilcar's divine soul, the Bear Eater knows he will have to call upon his martial prowess and uncanny wits just to survive, because his next death could be his last. Bum, bum, bum. Bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Dramatic. Hero it. like no other. You're darn right. Um, all right, so let's start spoiler-free as we are wont to do, uh, and let's let's dive right into the. I mean, in. we could spoil them, but we have the resolve to hold it back like none other does. Sure, and we we protect the the free peoples of the realms out there. We have their best interests at heart. Can, uh, I think I have a spoiler-free spoiler. What's that? It's in first person. Okay, sure, that counts. That's neat. Yeah, yeah, that's a little out of the ordinary, though it's weird because we I think I just cracked Scourge of Fate, and that also is a first-person book, too. I'm like, well, that seems a little uh, redundant. Oh, no, no. Um, let's, let's dive into the when. I feel like we often start with the whens of this book. Um, so, 
I uh, did a little, little reading. I think um, at one point, Geimer might have actually did like an interview or something, and he tells us right off the bat, before we even start the book, that it actually is a, another one of those stories that takes place a few hundred years after the Rome Gate Wars. Uh, it's kind of a contemporary to um, some of the other books that we've talked about, like the Callus and Toll series or the Eight Lamentations books. It's those s- stories and sort of settings that take place after and around when the cities are sort of being, uh, the free cities are being founded out, out in the realms. So, question, pre or post Necroquake, because that's our... We've got our big sort of events are Gates of Azir opening, Necroquake. Those are kind of our. So I believe pre is is the way I understand it. Yep. Do you guys? I get that impression yep. too. Yep. Yeah. Definitely. Awesome. Um. So and I guess I suppose we'll talk about why when we get to uh, why that matters when we when we get to the um uh, the where of it because we're we'll be dealing with sort of a free city. Um. It's worth mentioning that uh, this book does take place after a series of. Um, other Hamilcar stories. So this isn't the first time that we've seen Hamilcar. He's actually been in, in quite a few of his own, whether it's a, a story that features him or he's been a, a supplemental character some, to some other story. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the first time we see him is probably, I mean, it has goes by different names. I, I think of it as the Mortark of Night novel, but it's those um, Realmgate War audio dramas that came out like man, years ago at this point, 2015 yeah. maybe? 2016 yeah. maybe? Um, it was those... Uh, Audio dramas are sort of focused around the um, Hallowed Knights, but uh, yeah. he shows up um, in in Gur uh, in those stories. Were, yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, they had that uh, fountain that by um, it would turn from beast to human or whatever, mm-hmm. and it, if you drink it at one point, it would turn you into a beast, sure, whatever. But yeah, he was also the. I mean, I didn't connect that at first because uh, I'd forgotten his name. I haven't read much of, of Hamilcar mm-hmm. since, but he was the first Stormcast that did not kind of fit the form mm-hmm. that we were introduced to through more of the the more popular stories yeah yeah agreed and actually you guys actually covered that those stories at one point didn't you back then audio yeah, dramas sure. we did yeah. yeah yeah was it just the first four that you did or did you do all all eight of them i think we got it to the conclusion because I, I do remember specifically <laughs> talking about uh i don't know if spoilers are okay for that now but like but if you uh, already covered it though yeah, yeah go back Anyway, uh, we, we did cover them all. Okay. Short answer. Right yeah. Yep, yep. So, but again, that was one of, one of the earliest, um, both stories that we see in the setting and then also um, that we saw, uh, saw Hamilcar sort of appear. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting with these, we might talk about this more later, but like when Hamilcar popped up there, you know, was anyone thinking like, this is a guy I'm going to be doing more of later? Or was it just like, ah, this is a fun guy and mm-hmm. then come back, you know? I mean, I, I think that's the sandbox they get to play in is yeah, if exactly. they, not only is there like, oh, I created a location that I would like to return to, but I created a character that, you know, ends up getting multiple stories in his own novel. Sure, you just sort of keep them in your back pocket and use them when you need to. Um, I think I read somewhere, again, I can't remember where it was, but Geimer even said that someone else, whether it was a GW employee or someone else who was like an author, actually egged him on, encouraged him to write books about uh, Hamilcar, thinking that like that was something that people wanted to find out more about. And that dude was right, whoever it was, um, because... Give that guy an assist. Yeah, That's exactly. awesome. <laughs> uh, I love them. Um, there's a few other short stories then since then. Um, there's uh, Bear Eater, which is a short that uh, all these occur after um, those audio dramas. Uh, Force of Personality, which is a story that actually is in the Gods and Mortals uh, yeah. compilation that came out relatively recently. Um, that takes place sort of back in the around the Realm Gate Wars. Uh, and then there's Hardest Word and God's Gift. All both are sort of uh, funnel into this Champion of the Gods. I don't know that they're completely necessary to read, but like they help they they give you a little bit more context in terms of a who he is like he he the character and b um i think one or two of them do take place 
around the setting of where we're at currently. So you, yeah, you, it fills out some of their relationships, not just between like characters, but also like places. Yeah, you know? exactly. exactly. Uh, I think you had mentioned maybe Aaron in talking about this ahead of time or convincing us that this could be a good book or something like that about David Geimer maybe making a comment about this writing was maybe more full representation or feeling like he'd gotten yeah, somewhere with yeah. the character where he hadn't before. Yeah, exactly. I don't, I don't know the quote, so I don't want to misquote him, but the, the gist of what he was saying that, or the impression that I was getting was that, uh, overriding these these stories that I just listed. He has sort of been able to fully flesh out, maybe evolve the character or get him to a point where I think he believes that it's more indicative of like the character that he was, you know, envisioning. And I think that probably shows like having read all of them, you could you sort of get hints of who this character ended up being in some of, some of the earlier stories, but like reading Champion of the Gods, like this is definitely like quintessentially this Hamilcar character. Like, sure. Right. I, I would think what you're saying is like, He's more fully realized here, which you'd expect from a novel. But yeah, yeah like it, it was, it was cool to see. It's cool to see his evolution from those early ones. We're like, huh, what's this guy about? And then I think somewhere along the line, the short stories, I started thinking because I remember in the audio drama, I was like, yeah, well, whatever, is a guy. Mm-hmm. He's interesting because he's different from these other Stormcast. But like, as as it got closer to as he's represented in this one, I was like, oh yeah, sure. give me more of this guy. Yeah. He starts to sort of fulfill the legend of himself a little bit. Yeah. Like um, well, you start to buy into like what he thinks of himself. As Paul was saying, this book is in the first person, which um, you know was a surprising start to it. But yeah, he's telling you his he's telling you exactly what his uh, his thoughts of himself are mm-hmm. and his history or his myth. Uh, he's creating it as he goes. Yeah, uh, and which is just a a really fun characteristic of of the of this book and of the character. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, speaking of that, like, let's keep a tally of how many times uh, Paul brings up an unreliable narrator. <laughs> just, Take a drink. I <laughs> am an unreliable narrator. Oh, I already lost. That yeah. was the first one. First drink. Drink. Um, so uh, he is an interesting thing about the book. He is obviously we've met him first in Gur. Here, he's in Gur. Sure. Um, so he's definitely a, uh, and he's uh, part of the. What was the chamber? Ast- Astral Templars. Oh, uh, but uh, the Bear Eaters is, is, is yeah, his yeah. Um, storm host. Host? Yeah. yeah. No. Chamber. Which, chamber. Okay. Which is a, a very small chamber. Yes. Kind of get a sense that there's a unique aspect to them mm-hmm. uh, that's very Bear Eatery. Um, so he doesn't have a lot of them. Like, they're not as, as big as sure. other chambers. So you get a very, um, I guess, intense and immediate feel for that sure i think i don't think it's a spoiler to even say that uh it's small there's not even a lord celestin to like his bear eaters like he's in charge of it which is i think is a new um perspective Mm -hmm. being just the lord castle not just obviously not just but the lord castellant of this this group yeah um pretty neat um but you're you're mentioning uh gur so i think a lot of the astral templars as a whole like all end up from gur or i mean generally that's kind of they're they're very much uh very bestial very um what's another word for beast savage savage yeah. feral okay this is good eric's turn uh, uh, mean yeah <laughs> <laughs> mean. survival of the fittest um and so he, he sort of embodies that i think like he's literally the bear eater he's covered in pelts and stuff so like gur is definitely his environment and that's as you alluded to yeah. that's where this story is taking place like it's a very gur focused yeah. story as we'll, we'll get into it um which i think in addition to kind of the bestial and feral, the other attribute I would say that's very Gur is passionate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we get a lot of uh, when we meet different Gurites and even Azrites who have settled here, etc. You just get a lot of passion, not like 
azir, like that sense of like just fiery. Actually, actually, uh, actually. Sorry, what did I say azir? Yeah. Uh, I'll edit that out. That's more lightningy. Yeah. Yeah, please edit out. Is it that I said actually instead of Azir? I mean Azir instead of actually. Dang it! Um, so, just cementing it all in. Right? Yeah, just try and edit out my mistake. I'm not going to. <laughs> um, but uh, but there's just a a, a passion uh, mm-hmm. which is really interesting, um, well, and a certain level of pride too, like along those same lines. It's very prideful. People. Biggest best. Sure. Smash. And it's interesting, you hear some people talk about how, like, they name the, the realms that are maybe the most fleshed out. Like, you hear people talk about, like, Ashy, or, like, I guess, Shyish now at this point. But I always thought, like, Gur was pretty fleshed out. Like, I feel like every other book we read is set in Gur. Oh, yeah. Um, and even though it's focused on beasts, um, uh, I feel like you can, it lends itself, it's not that it's a blank slate, but you can tell all sorts of very high adventure stories in sure. Gur because yeah. it's a high adventure type realm. It feels um, wilderness, um, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Gur's super interesting. Uh, in this one, they hit on it a bit, uh, but I've, I've read it. In, I can't remember what the last one I read about Gur, but it's it's like the self-consuming yeah. realm as well. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's constantly changing, not in the way that probably you know, Heart of Winter or the the precursor yeah. to that. that was yeah, also, yeah, I yeah. think I was. Um, but yeah, I mean, like they talk about you know. F- um, just parts of the, like on the edge of the realms, there's floating islands that try and devour, yeah. uh, you know, other, the, the sea the chewing away know. at the mainland. Yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. It's, the mountains can go up yeah. in a day and go down in a day. Like, that yeah. Was a, yeah. So it's just, just a crazy, crazy, like constant, like battle for the, yeah, fit, yeah, you know, yeah, for several of the fittest. Kind of thing. Royal going on there. Um, and I, I'd mentioned before, but like now this is, uh, taking place, um, in and around this uh, this fort, I don't even town. I, it's not a city, but it's this outpost out in Gur called the Seven Words. Um, what are those seven words? Uh, I don't think they ever mention, uh, but I bet you one of them is like the because like you know <laughs> articles are pretty common and stuff. And but there's I am an the and in best there. that ever was. Nice, right off wow. the cuff, first try. Yeah, geez. Off the dome. Yeah, writing the haikus over here. It's, it's what I repeat to myself constantly. <laughs> It's a haiku's day. Um, <laughs> so uh, this uh, this this forge. Um, I don't. Do we know? We know it's built at the base of a mountain. This this Gorkamon mountain. Yeah. <laughs> Is it a spoiler to say what else it's built over? Is that revealed, or do we know that going into it? All right, because it's also built off over a, a realm gate. The only reason this fort like exists or can even like defend itself, as they even talk about in this book, is that it's actually built over a realm gate that leads directly into Azir. Yeah. So it's got that sort of Azir backup, but at the same time, it is still sort of a frontier. Yep. Again, I don't know what you, frontier fort or frontier town out there, yep. and it's sort of doing its best to sort of survive against. Um, any number of threats out in the, the wilderness of Gur, whether it's you know beasts or the uh, the wildlife, or obviously any sort of faction or army that's trying to take 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 it over. And they they mention that this is the sort of place that does get taken over quite a bit, and that changes yeah. hands pretty frequently. It's not an easily defendable space. There's there's especially for uh, armies that know Gur or live in Gur, um, uh, but there are uh, there's some interesting other elements of it. There's um, the mountain that it's on is so tall and sheer that nobody can climb it. Mm-hmm. But it, the the free people that are there have settled. Uh, the people of Azir, the Gurites that are part of that. Um, we meet some races that that don't exist in our model collection. Mm-hmm. Uh, we meet um, ways of being human that don't haven't uh, we haven't seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of cool um, cultural things that we find out. 
Um, one in particular, I really enjoyed. Um, uh, there's, as I mentioned, there's a number of different factions, but the the main um, human Ironweld or Free Guild faction that kind of befriends or is part of Hamilcar's trusted group. Um, David does a good job of giving them naming that doesn't feel Western, doesn't feel you know, um, uh, you know, Germanic, you know, and that sort yeah, of stuff. He he did that well with. Uh with the one from Gods and Mortals, uh, oh, that one. Oh, oh, yeah. Um, first they're, personality. Yeah, right. they're all clearly like Inuit themed and that yeah, sort of thing. It was, I, it was fun. Like it, it's a neat way to do your research in there. Sure, okay. and I think and it, you can tell that it's it's um, purposeful. Right? Like I mean, sure. it, it feels natural at the same time. That's not not forced, but rather it, he does it intentionally, which I think right. is well, to his credit. Right. We got these infinite realms, so not everyone needs to be the you know Germanic people that we're used to from sure. the old world. And uh, the, is that worth mentioning the, those people that you're talking about in this book, The Champion of the Gods? Actually, they're from uh, one of the earlier short stories, um, Bear Eater, actually. So yeah. they're, they're hailed from from Jerko. Uh, I, I enjoyed the uh, the fort itself. They described it was uh, ostensibly, oh, so the keep inside the seven mm-hmm. words, ostensibly the last and toughest redoubt of any fortress. This keep was a silver tower built upon an iron jaw scrap fort built upon the rugged square block of Dewarden Keephold. Like, <laughs> uh, that's cool. They didn't just tear down that. I mean, there's something to, that scrap fort's helping out. You yeah, know, <laughs> you got to make do with what you got yeah. out there. Yeah. And take advantage of it. Um, so it, this this fort or this location, I think, is is interesting as it relates to Hamilcar specifically, is because um, it's defended by you mentioned there's a free guild free guild cohort or whatever this group of free guilds are, uh, but then also two different I already mixed it up chambers yeah not stormhost two different chambers um, Hamilcar's group and then another group of stormcast that we'll talk about I mean they are later. they are both different chambers and, and different, different stormhost, stormhost. Yeah, true, yeah true true um, but their job is to defend this place they're very much um, focused on defending the, the fort and the, um, the, the keep but then probably also specifically the realm gate that it's you know built on top of um, and I thought that was interesting as we sort of maybe jump into talking about Hamilcar as a, as a person in that their job is to defend whereas if you know anything about Hamilcar he is not a I wouldn't say a defender. Not that he is unwilling to defend people, but like him staying back and h- hanging out behind walls is not really his jam. Which is weird given his ostensible title. Yeah, right? exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Maybe uh, he, he uh, what is he, you get promoted, uh, you, you fail upwards of the chain of command. <laughs> maybe he shouldn't have Because yeah, castellans are, tend to be um, good uh, architects of battle and, and right. defense. And I mean, they it's their, the their specialty, right? To hear Loras I mean Grimm bring it up, uh, yeah. they are the shield to the Lord Celestine's sword. That yeah. term specifically comes from like the Lord of a castle, right? Like mm-hmm. the Castellan was mm-hmm. somebody like you leave this guy in charge of your castle, he's the Castellan. So mm-hmm. he's in charge of the defense of that castle. But you, yep. give, you give Hamilcar a shield and he'll try and beat you with it. Sure. Try and <laughs> throw it at you. And, and, and then surf down the mountain on it. Bellowing and, and brandishing his halberd above his head. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I think right there we are, are touching on the sort of person who Camp Hamilcar is, and we, I guess, have alluded to it this whole time. Um, this is a, he is a force of personality. That short story was aptly named. Um, he is a larger than life uh, character. Um, mm-hmm. How would you guys describe Hamilcar Bear Eater? Boisterous. Ooh. Self aware, which is actually pretty cool. Like, yeah. as he's talking about this, like, he has. On, on the outside, it looks like, and this is this is as I understood him when I first met him, was like, oh, it's just this weird, braggadocious guy. Mm-hmm. Turns out, like, he's doing it for a reason. He's yeah. doing it, and uh, he's looking to, like, he, he has a connection with the people just because, 
you know, part of it is he's like creating his own legend, but there's not, it's not just all self-aggrandizing. Like there's a purpose to him creating a legend around himself, which, which made him much more interesting. And, you know, when I started seeing that stuff in the short stories made him, made him, uh, someone I wanted to read more about. Yeah, I agree. It's very, it's, it was very functional. Like he, yep. he, he had, he had an agenda by doing so. And w- what I think is interesting about the arc of the character, not to spoil anything specific, but I think where he is, starts off, um, creating what he wants to get out of people. He ends up needing what he gets out of people. And so it almost, uh, that idea that he he's this braggadocious, big, larger than life. Um, I'm I'm going to create this so that I can do what I need with it. Uh, but then he he comes to rely on the the results of that, um, and that it kind of self fulfilling that he did actually do something. It did work to, in his favor, and he needed that. Sure. In the end, and you almost got to wonder if it was like uh, a certain level of intelligence, like a, like a planning that, like for him to know ahead of time, like mm-hmm. it, he he comes across sometimes. I don't want to say dumb because like that's not exactly it, but very much a, a barbarian, like yeah, pumpkin. Uh, I mean, yeah, but like he he was also like you know a, a, a leader even in his past yeah. life. So like it's not so much that he was um, I think incapable, but like there's yeah. a point where he talks about like running headlong into something. He's like you know it would be good to see here to plan, think through the routes, what the plan should take before rushing into here but that's, that's not, not what I'm going to do yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. so like he no, very much knows his failings and leans into it sure yeah uh, instead of like you know trying to shore up his shortcomings he doubled down he doubles down yeah. on his on his strengths which one of which being strength um, <laughs> et cetera et cetera uh, I think we're we're going to talk more about who he is as we go out throughout the book. It's hard to sort of pin him down um, beyond just, again, that sort of larger-than-life uh, personality. So is there any other uh, non-spoiler stuff you guys want to well, talk about? I have kind about of a, the facts. I, it's probably a new question, right? What kind of a book would you call this book, right? Can we talk about that without being spoilery? Yeah. I would right? call it a novel. I would call it... Is a, it an adventure book? Is it yes. a mystery? Is it a... A little bit. Like, is it a development? Like, does the character evolve a ton in the book? Like, you know... What kind of a book is this? Um, I would say an adventure story. Like I don't. That's a pretty general catch-all for what what this is. I mean, I feel like most, not all, but most, even AOS books are adventure stories at the the heart of it. Yeah, I mean, I think that defines the core of it. It has some other aspects like LinkedIn. Um, I think it's an adventure story where the main character has an arc mm-hmm. that he follow, like he develops somewhat. Sure. So. Uh, which is not something you can always say for these. I don't know. He does develop, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah, yeah, and I would say that like it's also even though it's about a stormcast, which might give you a certain idea about what the book is, it's a stormcast with a heart, right? Like it's not a untouchable, unliving kind of uh, stormcast like we're kind of used to in most of these novels. I think when people complain about oh I'm tired of reading about stormcast, it's because of the the similarities or the one-dimensionalness of, of Storm like, <laughs> <laughs> um, And so I would like to think, not to put words in people's mouths, but I'd like to think that if more books were like this, oh man, that's a shot across other people who've written Stormcast books, but if more, <laughs> more Stormcasts were like this, maybe not books, if more character Stormcasts were like this, that maybe people wouldn't have so many wouldn't be so hesitant to continue to read about Stormcast. I, I think what you're, what you're driving at is like this show's some of the depth of Stormcast yeah, and what yeah, we'll yeah. get. And, you know, they don't all have to be like Hamilcar, mm-hmm. but they can be more than but just what, like... But what if they were? <laughs> <laughs> I 
mistake. All right. <laughs> <laughs> what a world. Um, so I think maybe we're, when we talk about the type of book, we're then leading into like whether or not we think it was like successful at that regard and what you thought about the book generally. So Paul, you, you brought the subject. Mm-hmm. Do you think it was a successful adventure book? And furthermore, what, what did you think of it? Do you recommend it to people? I think it was a pretty successful adventure book. Uh, I definitely enjoyed it. I would recommend it for sure. Um, yeah, it it wasn't everything that I imagined it would be, but it was it was great. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, cool. Uh, you guys, you two arm wrestle for it. Who wants to go? Uh, oh, I lost. Well, yeah, I'm so strong. Um, <laughs> and you won so quickly. Normally, those take a little bit. Yeah. Um, to to Paul's point, uh, at work we just wrote a few um, articles about different types of stories, and so there's two that maybe hit. Paul's, um, there's this idea of the voyage and the return, uh, kind of you've gone away and there and back, back again, but then uh-huh. the animal car story, there's so much, <laughs> but then there's a, <laughs> there's a comedy aspect to it. This, this book is just full of, of humor, sure. uh, both, um, self-aware, self-deprecating and some slapstick. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, but it's not just a goof. Um, it's, it's a really well, well done story and I didn't expect any of it. Like it, kept me i had no clue where it was going from where it started um and that was exciting it was i was on the edge of my seat all the way so um i definitely recommend it in terms of uh reading something different from um a stormcast perspective um but also there's some really cool concepts that haven't been that are introduced here and and kind of uh, delved into that aren't explored anywhere else yet so I would definitely pick it up. It's a must read for me. Ooh, must read. Because we told you you had to read it. <laughs> uh, also, it's the first one I've finished in a while. So, how do we define finish? Hey, we've still got some time this recording for me to hit that last two pages. <laughs> um, uh, since we're just going around the horn, then sorry, Dave, I'm usurping you. Um, I also agree it was very, very good. It was also a breath of fresh air. It was a, a, definitely a unique perspective, both from a Stormcast side, but then just a character, like, period. Like side, so it was. I was pleasantly surprised to get the the character of Hamilcar and the fact that it was baked into a Stormcast is all that more uh, creative and unique to me. The fact that like that's the sort of person we can get still, you know, encased in Sigmaroid armor, I think is uh, pretty great. I might. This is maybe premature for me to say, but it might be my favorite novel. It also might be because it's the one I've read most recently. Um, shiny. But, shiny. It's real shiny. shiny. Yeah, sure. Uh, tomorrow I'll wake up and I'm like, I can't believe I said that. Just don't tell Josh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, my best friend in the whole world. Um, <laughs> uh, but no, I, I do very, very highly recommend it. Um, and like, heck, if you haven't read the previous stories and you're sort of hesitant to be like, oh, I don't want to have to like slog through these other short stories you know what screw it don't read those other ones just jump right into here because i think this is a quintessential hamilcar novel and you'll get for the most part probably everything you need to know about the guy in this is baked into this book so um i say go nuts dive in crazy go nuts yeah i'd agree uh i was trying to think about would i recommend this to somebody who's not read any uh age of sigmar yet i think so i i think it has enough of the so part of what we're enjoying about is Hamilcar feels like this outlier from a lot of the Stormcast we've already read, mm. but we do have some conventional Stormcast in here as a, as a comparison, as, sure. a, foil. as a foil. So, uh, I think it's a fine point if you're, if you're jumping in. Um, and I don't think it, nothing going on here requires you to know a whole bunch about what else is going on. There's some pieces here that are exciting. If you, if you're like digging for all the little scraps of lore, I, I think it, I think it stands not only on its own as a Hamilcar book, but on its own as a, as a book in general. 
And the other thing I, we've talked, like we don't like making the pop culture comparisons necessarily, but trying to think about like, you know, what, if you enjoyed this, then you would enjoy this. And for me, um, Thor Ragnarok was a movie that I was like, I thought oh. about asking which Avenger is. Home. <laughs> <laughs> well, Hey, I think he's Thor, but, uh, <laughs> Be like that. That movie had some humor to it. Uh, it had some heart to it. It had an arc to it. Piss and, off, ghost. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, and so, I if you, I don't know. It just had that adventure humor arc, mm. deeper uh, mythology uh, being addressed, and all. So it, it hit a lot of the things that you're looking for when you're reading an Age of Sigmar book. Um, whatever, whether you, whether this is your tenth book you're reading or mm-hmm. your first. Sure. Actually, just real quick, then that you mentioned that um, I. <laughs> I rated this book very highly on, on Goodreads. Five then, stars. Yeah, five stars. A big five stars. Uh, and a member of our other non-AOS book club had then marked it as to read later on. Ooh. And I even wanted to send him a message like, wait, hold up. Is, wait, did you mean to do that? Like, that's not exactly... Wait, what? Um, so, I don't know. I might lean on him a little bit and be like, hey, if you want to give it a shot, give it a... Just see what he thinks. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I, I would love to see what somebody thought of it if it's their first time. So. Sure, yeah. That's a good point. All right. So if we're going to do a quick pop culture divergence and then we'll end it for the episode, right? Like Then that's already done because I did it. Yeah. Well, and then we'll just end the episode. <laughs> if we want to make it not quick, then go. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, Hamilcar like totally reminds me of Bruce Campbell. This like very heart in your mouth, like very physical, just engaging guy that you want to love. Is heart in your mouth a phrase? I have never heard that in my life. Hearty. Heart on your sleeve? Is that... I don't know. I mean, like, so chainsaw like, on your hand, hard, hard on your sleeve. It feels like something Hamilcar would say. And like, it, I don't know. To me, it's it's Second somebody who his emotions come out of his mouth every time he talks about everything, mm-hmm. right? Like, sure, it's purely him. There's no filter, and he's just enjoying life, even when life isn't going great. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that was a really fun thing for me to be able to like do. Sure, I agree. Experience. And furthermore, I hope it that's a phrase because I'm going to start using it from here on out. <laughs> Um, awesome. So we talked about what we liked about it. We covered all the non-spoiler stuff. Any other things before we jump into those sweet, sweet spoilers that I love so very, very much? Uh, get out of here if you don't want spoilers so we can start talking about it. Scoot. Yeah. Yeah. Scott, on, stop yeah. listening. Hey, everybody. It's uh, Aaron. And yet again, we've decided to have the member of the podcast who's the hardest to understand do this little promo in the middle of the episode. Uh, Well, okay, honestly, it's not really the middle, because uh, through the magic of editing, I can actually see that we are nowhere near the middle of this episode, and you have a long ways to go. And I'm sorry for that. But I feel like now is probably a good time to take a break, to pause and reflect, and like always, to get you to do something for me. So here's the deal. You probably fall into one of two camps. First, you may have yet to read the thrilling novel we've been discussing, Hamilcar, Champion of the Gods, uh, because maybe you've been in like a coma. Or you live in a town where books are outlawed, or uh, you've been waiting for the mortal realms to give their take on it. Well, friend, wait no longer. We just did. Go get the book and go give it a read, why don't you? And do you want to know where you can buy it? Well, just check the links in the show notes. They're all right there. Now, it's more likely you're probably in the second camp, and you've already read it. Because of course you have. Even Eric's read it. Everybody's reading it. And if that's the case, then I'm going to need you to go give it a review. And here's how. First, you find a place that accepts book reviews, like uh, Amazon or Goodreads, uh, the links are in the show notes, and you go there. Then, you gather all the stars you own. Go ahead and take every star you have to your name, get them all in one place, and drop those stars in and around the Hamilcar book site. Just go ahead and give it all the stars. Honest, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how reviews work. And the reason this is important is because hot reviews 
or warmish reviews, though I don't think it applies here, does it, help the authors. It lets them know that we want more of this stuff, and I, for one, want more. I think you do, too. Okay, last thing, and I told the guys I wouldn't talk about this, but that was a lie. Uh, We actually opened up a Discord channel for absolutely no reason whatsoever, but now I'm addicted to it. And if you want to be addicted to it, too, and hang out with us to talk about the show or the games or the lore or the hobby or whatever, then head on over to uh, themoralrealms.com slash discord, and that should send you to the right place. Come, hang out. It's, uh, it's a lot of fun. All right, that should do it for today. Let's get back at it. The spoiler phase. All right, guys, let's start at the beginning because it's a very good place to start. Uh, Hamilcar, he's kicking it. Uh, he's leading some forces through what is it, the Nevermarsh? Is that where he's at? Yeah, this, is a, this is a location, Gorewood, uh, Nevermarsh, in, the, in yep. the, the neck of the woods of the Seven Woods or Seven Words, not Woods. Um, and so he's, he's leading his forces, which are made up of his Stormcast mm-hmm. and this free guild that we mentioned before, the uh, the Blue Skies of Jerko. Yep. Jer- it's like Jericho without the eye, so Jericho, yep. right? Yeah. Um, and they are on the move, trying to track down some forces of chaos that they got to drive yep. drive out from the area. The blind herd and their leader, um, I can't remember his name. He's got a name. Uh, some beast, a brave shaman. Yep. And he's been, been tracking him and tracking him and tracking him, been unable to get him. So there's there's a personal kind of pride there that he's this guy has evaded him. Sure. Uh, yeah, I I love these Jerko guys, right? Like they have quartz blades and they have like yeah. crystal breastplates and like they are not your traditional. Uh, they're not your traditional free guild. Mm-hmm. They're definitely um, far more interesting and a little bit more unique than we've seen before. So that's pretty sweet. Well, yeah, I definitely definitely agree. I love any time that you can take what is very, relatively general uh, generic. Uh, units or you know group of, of people and make them their own and very specific and special and they did he did a good job there yeah, yeah it's a fun thing that uh, every time I see a new take on free guild and you're like oh that'd be fun to do free guild might be hard <laughs> like some you know doing some of these conversions or whatever but uh, it, it's it's definitely the sort of thing that gets you excited to like maybe oh maybe there's another take on an army here so. true mm-hmm. yeah, yeah maybe put them in a bunch of like cog forts and stuff <laughs> Anyways, yeah. TM, 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 TM. Did you know that when uh, you search like Cogfort, like your blog is like one of the first things that will show up? Mm-hmm. Oh, go on. <laughs> Just Google. You've arrived. <laughs> yep, yeah, you said you did it. Um, and so he's, he's leaving. I'll pass the baton shortly. But then he, he's leading his forces and he's greeted by a, a storm cast from another chamber who, who was sent, like a messenger who had sent, been sent to track him down saying, hey, look, like I've got all sorts of messages for you. Uh, one... Um, you you left uh, the other chamber who's guarding the seven words. You sort of left them holding the bag a little bit. Like, wh- where do you where are you going? What are you doing? You're supposed to be back there defending the place. Um, and so that that message was sent by a, a, an Acturus um, Iron Heel, who is a, a Lord Castellant of the um, of the uh, well of the Imperishables, the Imperishables mm-hmm. which I think we're probably they're going to want us to talk about that for sure. Um, and then he also gets another message because it's it's a summons. Uh, to a new new race, a new new group of um, a new species uh, out there um, uh, called the Atar, and we're introduced to them in the, in the next chapter. Who wants to talk about these? Uh, well, new I did start before, <laughs> uh, so I guess I'll finish my idea. Um, so, and this threw me off at first because I was like, "Wait a minute, I don't have any clue what this is." 
but uh, it's a race of giant uh, birds <laughs> of uh, eagle type or rock from you know uh, mythology. Uh, but these are intelligent, um, you know, bird people, uh, bird. Uh, beings with language and culture and uh, those sorts of things. They have a an uh, armor, <clears throat> and yep. they, they wear armor. They have a a uh, monarchy. Uh, there's a king and there's a queen and there's uh, royalty, etc. Um, and they live at the very top of uh, this the Gorkamon, mm-hmm. uh, this mountain high up above where people could ever climb such sheer face um which isn't to say that hamilcar hasn't tried twice already (laughs) (laughs) one of my favorite Uh, lines is when he talks about them and he's like they're wearing armor and they're wearing necklaces i have no idea how they got these on but hey (laughs) they got them um and so uh yeah so he there is one of the um oh what are the judicators judicator no the flying ones knight venator yep so that kind of has befriended them or kind of made a connection with them so much so that has some fealty to them um and works as a communicator and and kind of um negotiator or translator translator like they don't speak normal human speak sure so ambassador so when we're talking about giant eagles like we have we have giant eagles. Like are are they uh, these like gargantuan? No, these eagles. are described as half again the size of a uh, not Star a Drake, Drake. Uh, Star Drake. Yeah. Okay. Whoa. That, I mean, a little. I mean, that's kind of big. Like I guess. grande. Yeah. Yeah. Half again, <laughs> as in fifty uh, percent larger than it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's the definition. Yeah, that of is half well, again. <laughs> that's why I was clarifying. Make sure. Uh, <laughs> Because there was one, one time where I became half again, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> it was not pleasant. <laughs> I don't understand that. I don't understand uh, so, that story. So that basically, these these would you like clarifying question like I got <laughs> these these giant <laughs> these giant eagles uh, basically summon summon Hamilcar, um, right? Am I getting getting that correct? Yeah. Because I don't whether or not it was a summon, they end up holding the court. So. Um, uh, so they bro- they broker some sort of a- agreement where they they have a, a a war council of some sort because obviously Hamilcar is on the hunt for these chaos forces and probably be super helpful to have like these giant eagles on their yeah. side so they uh, they have a meeting with this barbarous who's the knight you might call it a summit sure right no but is it up there it's on the ground no, somewhere no it's on the ground okay gotcha I mean spoiler alert and this foreshadowing a little bit um but uh so they, they basically uh have to hash out like how, how they can help each other um and uh the atar are coming at this with some suspicion right because like they're like it, I, apparently they seem to be pr- pretty long-lived uh and they're like hey sigmar just straight up abandoned us for you know four or five hundred years so i mean pardon me if i don't expect you to be sticking around but i'm going to do what has kept us alive so far sure and is not necessarily trusting you guys mm-hmm. so uh it puts it, it it is uh i don't know i enjoyed that this was uh a race that had stayed on survived that we hadn't heard of before that wasn't like anything that we've heard of before in in the realms but they still had some of these same things like they're still dealing with some of these same things like the humans did like oh where, where did sigmar go sure yeah well it's the sorts of feelings that we've heard from people that we're familiar with and so to hear it from sort of a i don't want to say alien but like a, a different culture still feeling the exact same way mm-hmm. sort of re- reinforces it um but like sort of expands the way you you think of it as well yeah. right and uh i i don't know i don't want to say it was glossed over originally but like early on in age of sigmar is like yeah sigmar's back and he's kicking butt cool but but when you look at like, yeah, but things almost went all the way south while he was gone. Okay. You know, like, so that that's going to generate some hard feelings. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like this, 
doing this sort of thing with this sort of relationship fleshes out the world in a way that's believable. Yeah, exactly. One of the other interesting things about the ATAR is that they're not a devastated culture, right? Like, they still exist. They still have their culture. They're still fine. Mm. Uh, They sort of rise above it all? They they did. They definitely did. They're a little bit like the Caradron Warlords where they're like, eh, screw you guys. We're just going to like do whatever we want to and we'll be fine. Um, So, yeah, it is definitely a race that avoided basically the age of chaos sure and it's hamilcar's disregard for kind of the order of things and even a little like you know sigmar yeah maybe sigmar wants me to defend but this is what i need to do right now Mm -hmm. garnered some respect from the atar that oh i think we could maybe work with this guy well i think that's kind of a, a a big point here that we might not be focusing on is that even though Hamilcar is a stormcast, even though he's in charge of his own storm host, he is not listening to all the other stormcasts at all. But it's just, not like a. But I just focused on it. <laughs> I'm focusing on it a little bit more because I think it's illustrative of what's going to happen later on in the novel, which is just talking about the fact that he definitely has his own way of doing everything. Even though he's a stormcast, and every stormcast that we've kind of encountered so far is like Sigmar wants you to do this. I'm going to do this. I might do it in a different way than you do it, so that might bring us into conflict. Hamilcar's like, I don't care what Sigmar wants. I don't care about bringing us into conflict. I care about doing what I think is right. Mm-hmm. Boom. What else you got for me? It is kind of, I mean, although it's, it works, and like, I like seeing it here, it is kind of a trope to, to see the, like, oh, the, the quirky guy who does, you know, plays by his own I rules. I by my own rules. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> um, it he only is successful because people respond to that specific thing like mm-hmm. about well, him. And and what I would and apologies for for being contradictory, but I don't think he's saying he doesn't care what Sigmar wants. What he's That's saying fair. is I'm going to do it my way. Sigmar chose me to mm-hmm. be a, a stormcast because of how I do things. Yeah. yeah, and I think we see Sigmar being that kind of autonomy, like giving autonomy to his highest rank, and I mean things like. Um, uh, what's the celestial vindicator guy? That's just Thostos Bladestorm. Thostos Bladestorm. He is a weapon to be pointed at things, um, and Sigmar knows how to use and where to put his uh, his creations to do what they do best, mm-hmm. not to make them. Although the extent in which he changes them or whatever is the topic of this book, he 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 doesn't control every. He doesn't try and control every aspect of of things mm-hmm. though it is interesting to think that like he probably personally chose every single person he turned into a stormcast sure. which is kind yep. of like man that's a lot of overhead like <laughs> even for me I have a hard time like trying I mean, to like Santa, how I'd manage Santa that. does it <laughs> do I do corn checks or rice checks in the morning this is a big decision yeah gosh alright um, but what, one, one other cool thing about this that fleshes out Hamilcar a little bit is that <clears throat> while he does have a translator in Barbarous the Night Venator He's, he's also like, nah, I got this. And he doesn't actually understand this language, but he bluffs his way through this. He's like, I'm judging by this this bird's body language and how I'd expect somebody to respond to this. And so he's holding a conversation, just guessing what the what the uh, bird is saying, and he's he's nailing it. Yeah, well, yeah. at least in his recounting of it. But yeah, uh, and I, you know, so that was one of those like moments of sort of light levity, but uh, fleshing out a character that I really enjoyed. Sure. And one of the other things that was made very clear right on here is that the the free peoples of Jericho are like fanatically devoted to Hamilcar. Yeah. Right. It's not like, Oh, Me we're going to follow so, you yeah. because you're a stormcast. You're going to lead us to great things. It's like, no, we love you. We will do whatever you tell us to do because you're amazing. And we want to be with you because you're amazing. Right. And this is a key aspect of Hamilcar's character is that he is able to inspire confidence and inspire belief in other people. Despite 
overwhelming evidence to the contrary, he has that power. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, and as Davey was saying, is like he knows he has that power, mm-hmm. and he said he he feels that that makes him better than some of the other Stormcast leaders mm-hmm. because they disregard the strength of the mortals, whereas mm-hmm. he, uh, similarly, maybe to Sigmar, sees the what they're capable of, uh, and but he also is distant from them. He's also not in love with them. He's also not, that's not a reciprocal feeling that he has. He sees them as a tool. I think again, in some of the same ways that Sigmar sees the Stormcast as a tool. So there's a distance there, even though he endears himself, it, there's a facade. I think, yeah. well, I think Sigmar is a tool. So there, Whoa, <laughs> lightning I mean, bolts fired. Dropped. Certainly in the early stages of the book, cause the, uh, yeah. Al Shah, like the, uh, the uh, commander of the Jarek, like, says, oh, Lord Hamilcar, and he bluffs that, Hamilcar bluffs that he remembers him. He's like, yeah, you, bud. Good yeah. to see you again. You, I, you're my you're my guy. And then, like, eventually figures out who he is. So early on, he, he's like, yep. yeah, I'm, of course I inspired this guy. I don't really remember who he is, but, I mean, I just inspire people. That's what I do. Sure. That's how I roll. He knows the power of his own name. Right. Uh, and he and he, he says it often, <laughs> <laughs> and he makes other people say it quite often. <laughs> anyway, so, so he's on the battlefield. He's ready to go after. He's got. He thinks he knows in this never uh, marsh where his prey is. And yeah. who, who the, is his the opponents? A-tear, uh, I already said the. So there the uh, there's some beasts of chaos. Yep, he's got two a, warlords. And there's a Nurgle. Nurgle force, uh, a bunch of yeah. black kings, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, and then he's used the Atar, convince them to circle around, scout. Everything's looking pretty good. Well, they try to convince him to yeah. do that. He doesn't. Yeah. And he's like, oh, yeah. oh no, no, no. Yeah. I got he's it. Like, no, nope. I got it. Let's bull ahead. Oh, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and he, Ain't no need for that. Nope. Sure, and he just yeah. barges the hill on which uh, these these chaos forces have set <laughs> yeah, up. He's shop. like, this is a great defensive platform. They've got a great position. Screw it. Yeah. <laughs> Well, for him, he's been trying to chase them down. He's like, they think they're in a great spot. Mm -hmm. That means they're going to stay and fight because they think they have a good spot. So I'm going right in right now. (laughs) I'm taking advantage of it. Right here, right (laughs) now. If they're in a strong castle, I know they'll stay there right where I want them. (laughs) And you know, in a sense, he's right, right? Like, I mean, Mm -hmm. they initially are kicking butt. Like, uh, I guess we skipped a hot step in that, like, he does offer a champion on the chaos side. He's like, I'll one v one you right now to, to settle this to like just get this over with. Uh, no one rises to the occasion. Are you asking for a duel? <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. Uh, and so he, he's not. He, he doesn't get reciprocated. No one. No one takes him up on his offer. And so then he charges the hill. Um, would you say that his cry for that serves a dual purpose? Uh, I absolutely would say. It. Uh, in fact, his cry for that serves a dual purpose. I'm going to edit it back in, and you're going to sound real dumb. <laughs> <laughs> we're just playing fast and loose with your editing skills. Yeah, we really <laughs> sorry, for a lot of That's the thing is, if we were, if we record this so so much earlier than when I'm going to release it, I got all the time in the world to do whatever I want with the edits. It's going to be a Frankenstein of an episode yeah. where it's <laughs> only Aaron. <laughs> it's alive! It's alive! We all sound like gibbering fools. <laughs> Aaron, it's awesome. <laughs> No, I don't need to edit it. Yeah, it's just <laughs> great. It is great. Oh, delightful. Um, so yeah, no. He, did he? Did you just fall into his trap? <laughs> I, this is my defensive position. No, he he bum rushes the hill. Um, and for the for the most part, bum. They're, they're, sorry, that's just, that's just a word. Uh, he they end up start they, they're they're kicking butt. Um, it seems like the forces of the the beastmen and the the yeah. Nurgle, the Nurgle forces. The Nurgle yeah. champ comes out. Yeah, and he's like, hacks him. No problem. He's like, eh. But then the the uh, shaman does not come out at first. Mogrox is that his name? Blanket here. 
keep talking and I'll find it. Um, uh, and but, yeah, and so um, you know they're fighting. They think they're doing pretty well against the Nurgle side of things. The beasts are kind of chilling. They're not the the forces. Are, you know they're stamping. They're snorting. They're ready for battle, but they don't charge. Uncharacteristic if, of beasts. Yeah. So. Yep. And you'd think that they if they they're outnumbered. Yeah. So why not use their numbers against them? Yeah. Uh, but you know. He's like, oh, if we can whittle down the, the Nurgle side, get them out, then we can easily take on the beasts. A more thoughtful Stormcast might smell a trap. But yeah, it's yeah. Got trap. I'm going to be uh, honest, reading it, I had, I had no idea. Like, it didn't even occur to well, me it was a trap. No, I mean, I think we're, I think we're used to the Stormcast blowing through things. Sure. And just that their confidence in what they're doing is we should trust it. Yeah. Uh, so it's it's all rare the, they make mistakes, yeah. at least in the books. So, you know, I blame all the Black Library authors to this point for making me fooled. Sure. <laughs> um, but uh, all of a sudden, a blast of warp lightning out what? of nowhere. What? I don't remember who the first victim is. It's, uh, it's one of the queen. Atar knights. It's right? the, it's oh. the uh, queen of the Atar. Sure. Flying yeah. in the air. Mm-hmm. She's first blood? I mean, from that regard. That's, that's uh, as I recall. Uh, uh, yeah, so she falls from the sky, and it's it's a pretty big, pretty big blow. Um, because again, Hamilcar's uh, blown a lot of hot air into you know everybody that this is going to be an easy win. That this, we've got the power in the sky. We've got we got them right where we wanted to. Ten stormcasts are worth a thousand, you know, beastmen mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, and they that's a pretty huge blow. But what he hasn't created was the exchange rate on Stormcast versus flying Skaven ships. Oh, yeah. Laser cannons. Where did they come from? Out of the clouds, uh, which figure out that the clouds weren't just the fog. It's it's of their own making. It's just bellowing smoke and and Mm -hmm. disgustingness from that. Um, those those Skaven ships weren't in the Skaven battle tome. We just we just no, reviewed it. No. Yeah, it wasn't in there. And they're all. definitely not Caradron Overlord ships. They were definitely a different kind of ship because they didn't have engines. They had balloons. <laughs> I already did count as for Grot, so I'm like, "What do you do for this?" Yeah. He, he said it was like kind of a canoe type shape, and like yeah. it seemed to imply that there were Skaven running around in mills, generating power yeah. and firing off these huge warp lightning cannons. So. Yeah. This is definitely a brand new creation. Sounds rad. Uh, that we have not heard before. It sounds amazing. Well, coming off the Skaven Battle Tome uh, review, we do know in that story that you know the Skaven had taken over KO um, yep. uh, technology that they'd kind of dem- uh, conquered some of their skies or whatever, and other mm-hmm. Skaven followed suit. Being inventive, mm-hmm. not too far a stretch to say, you know what, I can do this better. With gaseous balloons. What if we used hydrogen? <laughs> yeah. Which does imply we've got a pretty serious it, Skaven warlord. something more explosive than hydrogen <laughs> we could find. So the battle does, turns. The yeah. battle turns hard. Um, yeah. And, and everybody's like, Hamilcar, maybe you should run away. Yeah. Uh, who specifically tells him that? Uh, his second in command. Brodekin. Brodekin, which is his relictor? No. Decimator Prime. Decimator Boom. Prime. Boom. He does have a relictor on the scene. Also, right, right. like I, I, I think he's new to this book. I don't remember him being in yeah. any of the stories before. Yeah. I might be wrong there, and but um, he's also Br- cool. Brudikin does not like Hamilcar that much. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as being his second in command, he has some strong feelings about how poor Hamilcar is. He, well, he doesn't buy into Hamilcar's thing. Like he, he sees him for what he is. Uh, but I think that's specifically why Hamilcar has him as his second in command. He's like, all right. Because like, I would say, as a contrary, Hamilcar probably does like Rudikin, actually. Yeah, like, yeah. Like, I mean, maybe likes not the word, but like respects him. And but he's like, like you're going to give me good advice, yeah, right? Appreciate having him around. Because yeah. again, Hamilcar is very self-aware that he's just manipulating kind of the, the environment around him. 
Uh, mm. What he thinks he's doing it for a good reason, yeah. uh, but the fact that Bruticin can have a clear head about it is probably pretty good. But yeah. He also has a pretty big head of like, I've done some really stupid things in the past, and it's worked out awesome. So let's keep going well, with and that. I, and I think that's the fun part, though, of Hamilcar is that it's not all made up. Like it's mm-hmm. not. It's he's done some amazing things by the power of Sigmar and what he's been blessed with. Like he's he's a superhuman being, so it's not like he's. But he he embellishes it and mm. he uses it when it, again when you're about ready to char- charge a bunch of mortals mm. into a battle when they're outnumbered the only way you do that is through a little bit of uh, fabrication. So with a thousand mortals, fifty stormcast versus four thousand beastmen and a bunch of skaven ships, they totally went right. <laughs> no, and this was the first loop that they threw me on was uh, Hamilcar is up there fighting uh, the Brayshaman I think comes out of hiding starts casting some things around, uh, blows up some of his second in command, lightning starts striking to the air, and then uh, in comes... Are you talking my Bro- favorite? Brodekin goes down to a uh, <gasps> shadowy form. That's my jam. Man, what? I, do it. I don't know if you listened to the uh, the Skaven Battletome review, but man, Eshin is is my S word. Um, and, uh, yeah, shin? <laughs> my shin. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, my, that's fun. That makes sense. Uh, no, no, uh, Hamilcar is attacked by this shadowy, like incorporeal form. Um, and it, and it's doing him in until Brutican comes in, steps in and tries to, tries to save Hamilcar. And it ends up being this, this Skaven assassin who's able to sort of teleport left and right and sort of... So he's Nightcrawler. Yeah, absolutely. Well, he reads like a Tenebral Shard, uh, only Skaven style. Sure. Yeah, right? exactly. And, Paul, I hit that out. That was much don't better. Even, don't even it was get, so much better. No, no, no. Because don't get me started about Nightcrawler. I though. love Nightcrawler. That's my. That's my ass. That's, 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 that's your other shin. <laughs> <That's my> other. <laughs> um, and uh, this the shadow seems to handily take down his decimator prime. No problem. Does um, the shadow know? Uh, is that a reference? Only the yeah. shadow. Oh yes. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. I don't get it. Um, Let's talk about Nightcrawler again. Um, <laughs> Kurt Wagner. Which which, which Avenger this, is the is uh, Melkinek? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I got Hawkeye, maybe Black Widow. Um, anyways, uh, sorry, but, which X Men? But but this this proves um, that that the uh, the effectiveness in the uh, the deadliness of this particular the Shadow Skaven who takes out Brutican. Yeah. Uh, um, not that he kills him immediately, but it, it seems like he. Looks like much, he's probably going down. Yeah, 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 very much has the upper hand in, in that fight. This Skaven does, but Hamilcar um, doesn't get to find out because yeah, he like, gets clonked. Yeah. yeah. This is a new thing, sure. right? Like, well, I mean, new in that, like, I feel like plenty of heroes in the history of like, pop, like stories, like sure. he gets knocked unconscious. And, yeah, like, but it's Stormcast, right? That's true, and that's he doesn't not, know how the battle ends. Yeah. Like, well, this is a brand new thing for so me, that, and that's why it's a big twist. And you know, Gardas has gone through, you know, um, the the Garden of Nurgle and a couple of times and come out uh, with uh, Nera Scratch. Uh, Vandis has certainly had his run in with. Um, Archeon, but that was the only time really previous to this that we saw a really big blow uh, to a, a Stormcast uh, in front of so many people. You're talking about Thostis getting killed? Yes. Yeah. No, um, no Vandis, uh, Archeon. Yeah, but he, yeah. And he goes, yeah, I mean, but, but there's sure. the, you know, that yeah. sort of thing. We've got uh, Bullheart, you know, got grabbed by Nagash. Yeah. Um, but for all we know, he's, you know, that sort of thing. So I mean, we've had some failures, but up against like big bats, but, like Archeon, yeah. Nagash. Yeah, named characters. Uh, named yeah. characters. And yeah. so to have an assassin take out Gardas, who's built, he's made us believe a little bit by now, you know, what he's capable of. And it was a pretty big turn. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and the other thing is they got taken out. Right, Hamilcar isn't taken out. 
he's just knocked unconscious. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right? He's incapacitated. Mm-hmm. And this is a new thing. And why would he only be incapacitated? Exactly. Like, like when he woke up, I was like, what? Wait, what? It's not dead? He, he No, he, no, he's not. He woke up? Yeah. Tell me about it. So he woke up and he's in a jail cell. Right? There's bars and there's nobody to listen to him. Like, this is actually one of my favorite parts of the book. Where he's just like, dude, who, who am I supposed to talk to? You, he, like, starts mo- you monsters. To yeah, it's like, why didn't you give me anybody to talk to? Right? Like, he lost the battle. He lost, like, how many lives? He lost the allegiance of the ATAR. But, like, dude, who do I talk to right now? It's going to drive me crazy. So he, he wakes up basically in the equivalent of a Skaven dungeon. He's underground. He's, like Paul said, he's, he's locked behind bars. Um, he's, he's under lock and key from this, like, jailer. This like albino rat who presumably isn't maybe never even seen the light of day at this point. Um, wait, and he's like blind too, like yeah. glass eye, which they, they talk about. Which is Milk interesting. Eye. They never like really alluded to in this Skaven battle tome ne- necessarily, but like since the rats spend so much time underground, like who cares if they can see? They've got terrible eyesight. It's all very like smell and like whisker based. Yeah. Um, but I like whisker based. <laughs> whisker. I like whiskey based, but well, that's a different conversation. There is an interesting thing I'll point out, and we'll talk about it more, and we'll hit on it. But there. They, uh, in this book, they tell you they give you put you they put you in scenarios where the senses that you're used to are of no use. Mm, yeah. Um, and and there's some ways that they describe and give you a sense of being in places where, you know, uh, you might call it a sixth sense or gut feeling or other things have to take over. I almost thought that you know, but this is our first kind of sen- thing of where like he his senses have to be greater than. You know, his thinking through things or, mm-hmm. you know, or not thinking through things and just charging in. Sure. Well, the other really interesting thing about him being in this cell, right? He's got his armor, he's got his halberd, he's got his lantern, right? No, he doesn't have any of those things. He's in jail, you crazy man. Exactly. Like, we have a Stormcast with none of the Sigmarite. Are you focusing on the naked Stormcast? Well, I'm focusing. He had padding on. What nobody's focusing naked. in on is the naked Stormcast in the room. <laughs> <laughs> so. This is like, that was Sigmar's gift to him, so he has lost all of Sigmar's gifts. I would argue he's probably been, like, physically reforged, so he's probably, like, just the, his his body is a Sigmar gift, though, so he's but, not missing yeah. out on that. But, but what he's saying he is a foreshadow. always listen to Sigmar, To right? what else he might lose later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> so this blind rat, every day, comes into the room, uh, a couple of guys stab him awake, uh, throw gruel at him, sometimes he eats it. He uh, comes to grips with, he could try and starve himself out, but there's probably ways for them to force feed him. So he just, every couple of days, he eats some of it. He doesn't worry too much about it. He really like sucks it off the floor. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, they take him. They take him down to a chamber. They blindfold him or put him, you know, he's out of it or whatever, but he can hear. Uh, since the rat is blind, it counts out some steps. It kind of has its way of finding itself around. He's paying attention. Where do we turn and all this kind of stuff. But every day it takes him into uh, this chamber, ties him to a, a bed or some sort of apparatus, and we meet our main villain. The antagonist. And this is uh, Ikrit. Ikrit. Does he have a, a more formal name? Ikrit. I think it's just Ikrit. Ikrit. Um, I think he might have a more and, formal name. And this is a... Spoiler. We're introduced to this being that has been all over the realm, and, and he c- makes some huge claims. In terms of stealing um, Ga- uh, Nagash's, um, how he, his commandment of, of death, 
He steals some secrets from Nagash. What 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 is he on his face first? Like what oh, what is he? Yeah, he's a Skaven warlock. Mm. So he's a a, mecha- a mechanical or kind of the the engineer type. Or right? like, war, like war, yeah, warlock, right? Yeah. So he's not a grace here. As far as I, that's how I read it. Yeah, he's a yep. um, mechanical. So he's an en- he's a you know building things, mechanical, um, taking things and mixing them together, alchemist, um, all those sorts of things. Yeah, he's he's. Uh, I mean, the 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 big. Skaven warlock engineer model of the guy with the claw and the like blaster coming out of his hands and so stuff on his back. Ikit Claw. Didn't that guy what? used to have a name? Yeah, Ikit Claw. I think that was his name. It's super close to Ikrit, isn't it? I don't know the right it's time like, to like bring this conversation know. up. Maybe we talk about it later. Um, but yeah, that, that that's the image. I couldn't shake that. Well, yeah. and weird. Like this guy has a big claw mm-hmm. too, and he's got like a thing that shoots out of it. But unlike Ike Claw, as Eric was talking about, he's been around the realms. He's yep. been around the block, and he's done some impressive things. And so he's he's got a story or similar to Hamilcar, I guess, in where he's got a big opinion of himself and what he's capable of, to the point where he's he's challenged gods, taken from them. He's lived thousands of years been dead mastered immortality to some extent but seeks something greater in order to challenge the gods themselves uh yeah i mean so, he's been checking them off like he's okay death i got death um you know get gyran i've got gyran like he's he's going through each of the realms like i yeah. got that one i got that one i got that one and he knows that he can't yet challenge the gods but one day like this is this is an ambitious rat so the great horn huh, rat he's redundant. totally on board with this plan right no Icrit is uh specifically mentioned so there's a back and forth where uh he Icrit is over the course of many we're not sure how many days maybe hundreds of days sure. whatever uh is picking hamilcar's brain because next on his hit list is azir i want to grab that azir power i want to grab and specifically when we talk about the realms it's it's the god from each of these realms that is kind of the patron of, of those individual realms so he's trying to uh, he's trying to snag Azir's power at this point slash Sigmar's power and so he's picking Hamilcar's brain and he's asking him all these questions like okay how does the reforging process work well Hamilcar is just coming back right at him you know like well you know when we come back we're required to pick like seven flowers and then stuff them up our nose and then, you know whatever <laughs> he's just like making up making up all these stories and Icarid doesn't like react. He's just like, mm-hmm, okay, all right. And bring it through the, you know, like just moving along, but there's a little bit back and forth. So Hamilcar learns from him that Icarid is on the run from the great horned rat. The great horned rat is like, uh Oh, this rat's getting pretty powerful and I'm not cool with that. And so, so you're talking about a being that is powerful enough at this point to hide from his own God. Pretty impressive. Um, and uh, as it as it moves towards the end of this, you know, you kind of think that this might be happening. Like I'm, I'm sure. Like Hamilcar's like, I'm lying pretty well. I think I'm, I think I might be nailing I'm it. I'm doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, problem is that Ikrit has uh, snagged some of that Hish power, Realm of Light. The the power Hish burns through. No one, no one can lie to somebody who's got the uh, the power of Hish uh, harnessed. So Ikrit's actually pulling a fair amount of knowledge here. And then it comes to the culmination where he is going to like try and use some crazy device and it's like a multi-story tons of slaves things spinning around he's going to try and pull the essence of uh of sigmar out of hamilcar i feel like we skipped a major a character uh interaction here and that like that initially hamilcar is the only one who's locked up in jail oh yeah 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 mm-hmm. but it turns out 
there there are other prisoners that are being uh, stored isn't the word uh, locked up in this jail as well. Uh, there's a, a a human ostensibly, uh, but a, a little a little a different shade of human uh, locked up in the cell across the way from from Hamilcar. Um, and it's it, as we find out as time goes on, he spends more time in jail. That this human is able to like gather up his strength, and we find out that it is Barak uh, is is another. Um, we find out another sort of, I'll say, say a powerful uh, being mm-hmm. locked up in jail as well, because is Icarus really only interested in locking up and and, and, and experimenting on powerful, powerful beings. Um, this is a, a local, a local of, of Gur, uh, and he is a worshiper of this like spirit or this. I, I don't know if it's related to Sylvanus specifically, but this this forest spirit um, who lived in the, their area around the seven words actually who mm-hmm. Hamilcar like beat up like in a previous story um, yeah it's an ancient easy. dryad I think is what a, a powerful ancient dryad called the the branch waden or something like that yeah exactly uh, um, yeah and so he, he's a he's a he's of this tribe that worships this this uh, ancient dryad or you know this, yeah. this tree person and she's like super powerful and like well, was, walking around doing all kinds of cool things super right powerful yeesh um <laughs> Uh, Hamilcar does not reveal how he knows her, his, that dude's patron. Um, or pa- but patroness. in his head, he's like, "Dude, I held her dying body <laughs> as she expired. Oops! Oh goodness! Yeah, yeah she's probably coming back. It's probably yeah, fine. Yeah, yeah it's probably okay. fine. Like, yeah, uh, seed pods. We're good. Seed pods. Seasons are cyclical. Aspect um, of forgiveness. <laughs> eventually, our our human friend uh, regains his strength, and they, he develops a, a rapport with Hamilcar. Um, and Hamilcar actually is pretty in tune to like the the well being of this dude across across the way, and has he knows when. Barack is, is ready to um, he, when he has he's at his full strength um, and eventually he stages an escape right I mean you're not going to have Hamilcar locked into a cell without him at least trying to escape one time yeah. um, so uh, he does a classic uh, someone gets too close to the cell he punches a dude and he steals a, the keys blah 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 you know it's, it's a classic escape from jail if you ever yeah. played D&D and you had to escape from a dungeon he like knocks the blind rack rat back to Barack and he chokes him out and then they get the keys and they yeah yeah it's a, cool. a tale as old as time yeah um, and so they're they're able to develop their uh, their escape <laughs> out of uh, out of out of the jail cells and, and they make quite a bit of progress right um, Hamilcar's been keeping tabs on like his different trips to meet with Ikrit he's got a sense of uh, yep. the the tunnels that he's wandering through he knows where he's going right he has a, an idea of where he's going um, and they are able to make it all the way to like the chamber just before the exit he has a sense that like this is going to lead up to you know fresh air or what have you gonna um, make it gonna make it gonna we're make so it so close yeah you can, tell, can. you can tell you can tell the closer the closer they get to the exit the sure that they're not going to get yeah. they're not going to escape um so they they come face to face with those beastmen that they had initially fought in that big yeah. battle up top side um and they're they're making a making a go of it they're actually you know they're doing a pretty good job trying to escape or i mean trying to you know beat I, back these i thought it was fun he figured out like in in the trips back and forth he's like Hey, the beastmen aren't going to be way underground, and there's the beastmen camp. So I make it there, then I know I'm close to the surface. Yeah, you know, exactly. I, I was like, ah, I buy it. Sure. Cool. And so they're right on the on the cusp. Um, like the the Bray shaman uh, does a little bit of a number of Hamil- on, on Hamilcar, but Barak uh, ends up saving his hide by transforming into a giant tree creature. Which I mean, we talk about like human beings like with a new new spin on. It's not a free gilder per se, but a new spin on what we know what humans are capable. Humans with a little bit more bark. Yeah, exactly. Oh. We're talking. Well, it's in this case the bark's definitely worse than their bite, right? Yep. 
man, I had to muscle that one out. Um, <laughs> 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 no, thank you. Um, but so you can sort of see why this Brock guy was the sort of guy that Ikrit would want to like lock up and like maybe experiment on because yeah. he, he's capable of power. Like he's yep. he's a member of this uh, tribe that has you know this this yeah and relationship and, with the nature. Keep, yeah, go ahead. No, yeah. So we get him. Uh, we have these weird cog rats that um, are like also suited in armor and kind of seem more like they're puppets or automaton rats yeah, because they right. move in kind of a click clack uh, yeah. timed step. Those weren't um, storm fiends. I just read those. The storm, storm vermins, but they've got cogs on there. Yeah, yeah. Their armor and they seem they do move in a lockstep. You're absolutely correct. There's a part where they're talking in this kind of battle with uh, you know they're fighting the beastmen. He calls out. Kurz, the the leader guy, Kurzag, you were right. uh, and uh, and they're also have these rats coming, and they're likens them to like whirling dervishes, uh, but like clockwork versions of war dancers. Oh, yeah. um, so yeah. they've they've got this mechanical pre-programmed kind of thing that they do, which is turns out to be pretty effective. Um, but it just yeah, I mean, a real cool way to take something. I mean, yeah, storm vermin, uh, but just giving a flavor to how they might fight uh, that it makes it really cool um, and. But then uh, Melkinik shows back up Malik, and just Malik check. Malik um, check. Yep. Just ruins the party. Or in some like depending on how you look at it, it makes the party way better. Uh, <laughs> in that he he uh, stabs our our guy Barack in the you know in the back or whatever, and the poisons on his blade literally makes him double over backwards and snaps Break him all in his half. bones. Yeah, yeah, it was gnarly. What is, yeah. what is the 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 curse in Harry Potter that makes people? Oh, I know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. 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 Yeah, it's terrible. It's should be outlawed. <laughs> uh, not if a sweet shadow scaven's using it. My my daughter very much into Harry Potter. When she's really mad at somebody, she'll point at him and say, oh, but I, could <laughs> oh! I was like, we were talking I about did. my daughter saying kill. I guess that's yeah. The same I did talk about like that's not okay. You can't do that. Like you can't <laughs> joke kill somebody with magic. <laughs> Um, because one day I'm now daddy's gonna go play his game where <laughs> tons of guys killed magic. tons of guys uh, <laughs> where these dudes literally worship the god of blood yeah. and skulls um, uh, in the end though the escape doesn't happen does not happen because of Malachek and Paul oh. wanted to talk about Malachek because it seems like he's yeah uh, he's got a unique backstory what what about him uh, is interesting to you well it's not just an Eshin right like because Eshin are cool but he, see, he seems just to like just an Eshin listen to this guy I'm just saying so he seems to be able to transport himself from one place to another, right? So an Eshin would be able to hide in the shadows, but he seems to be able to become one with the shadows and then move from one place in the shadows to another place in the shadows. Like Nightcrawling. So his backstory comes out, uh, and it turns out that he actually snuck into the Realm of Shadow, and he managed to get out as well. He faced down Malarion, etc., etc., uh, but he managed to get out, but not with all of him, just with most of him. So he's able to become one with the shadows. So he's not just an Eshin, he is a God-touched Eshin, as it were, I yeah. guess. God-touched with a curse, like Malarian yeah. has cursed him. So And he, I think, trapped his soul in... Yeah. in Part Oku. of his soul, yeah. Uh, which, which is, mm-hmm. I think, I mean, Melchek Mel- is There's a lot of consonants. He's a, he's yeah. a servant of Ikrit. <laughs> But you almost get a sense that he was probably one of Ikrit's experiments. And part of the reason he's able to do what he's able to do and like be useful in any way, I think Ikrit helped him out or worked on him or experimented on him, helped him control some of his abilities. But I'm sure Ikrit's also used that to be like, how do I, how do you manipulate this matter in different ways like the gods? And so um, I think Melchik is one of his 
experiments as well. Sure. Or right? or at the very least, like his, not Ward isn't, cause, like he's under his protection. Like Malachek yeah. needs yep. uh, Ikrit because like, presumably like Malarian ain't done with him. Yeah. Uh, obviously he's cursed him and he's getting, sort of got his eye on him. Um, so yeah. I think because of that, Malachek needs yeah. Ikrit, but he doesn't, he doesn't love it. Like he's not no. a fan of the fact yeah. that he's sort of under Ikrit's, Ikrit's I, thing. I think he's almost a data point for, for Ikrit. He's like, all right, here's somebody who's infused with the realm of shadow. So if I want to get me some Ulgu, I'm going to study this dude here. Well, and Ikrit is hiding from a god, and so is Malinjek, right? So, like, they, Malinjek's purpose is to be with Ikrit so that yep. he can hide from his god. Yeah, there's a parallel right. There. We did come back to that. Uh, but I, I, I'd still say at this point, I don't think Hamilcar is hiding from his god. That's I don't think he's running from his god. I don't. He's doing Hamilcar things in the Hamilcar way Yet. for his god. Um, but, I mean, but, I mean, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I just making sure that... Um, that, that we're setting that stage, but we do have, it's a, uh, like our favorite, I think our favorite books that are written about Stormcast and these stories are told do, I mean, foreshadowing is fantastic in these, some of these books and they're so epic and you start, you don't pick up on it at first that they're, yeah, you're getting a gathering of beings that are searching for mortality, searching for identity, running away from the things that are most powerful and trying to be themselves. Yeah. So he gets pulled up and then, yeah, Davey, you were talking about this big machine. Yeah. I want right. to hear about it. Keep going. So it's a multi-story machine with a lot of slaves, and yeah. it's everything spinning around, and he knows he's up many floors, and uh, Ikrit is setting it up, and he's going to pull something out of him, right? And uh, uh, he goes, you know, and, and so, he's of course... Spleen. No, like some of that spark, because what we know is that uh, Sigmar has given a little piece of himself into every Stormcast, mm-hmm. and Ikrit has kind of figured this out. Hamilcar is like I told this guy a bunch of lies. It's all cool, right? Yeah. He doesn't know nothing. <laughs> yeah. I'm a good liar. <laughs> uh, Icarus figured this out, and so what? What's basically coming is like Icarus is trying to figure out how to. Eat. I think you can describe it. This is my own anvil of apotheosis. Like yeah. I, I yeah. have it right yeah. here. I'm making my own, uh, and so he's attempting to recreate that to figure out. So I, I've got a little. Bit, I figured out a little bit of Nagash's take on immortality. I'm gonna. I'm gonna take a stab at. Sigmar's, uh, Sigmar's take on immortality. So fires this all up and starts pulling something out and it's super painful and Hamilcar is like, oh my God, it hurts so bad. And then uh, there's this big detonation. That's actually, right? that, that was the quote too. Yep, like yeah, just, yeah. It's Skavenstein's monster. Uh, so massive detonation collapses this whole thing. Hamilcar like wakes up at the bottom of the pile and uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, all the way down to the bottom. Uh, and w- again, a, a very small moment, but I enjoyed it where he's like, ah, oh, this chain is trapped and he's like struggling, struggling. And then he looks a little closer. Like, Oh no, wait, it's just kind of like the loop is pinched in between two rocks and lifts it out. Like, ah, <laughs> like, oh, yes. You know? Um, but, uh, you, you know, something's weird with him. Right. Um, and so he, but now, now the whole, then the whole chaos then is in total chaos. And it's just like, Everything there's dead scaven everywhere. Everything's collapsing. Things are going real bad. Uh, he knew Ikrit cried out in pain at some point. He doesn't know if Ikrit's alive or dead or what. But this is his chance to escape. Mm-hmm. So. And so this is this is escape number two. Then yeah, yeah no, where we my are. Bad. Where, and I'm hesitant even to call it escape because escape like gives a sense of like danger. For better or worse, he just sort of waltzes out a little bit. Like scaven yeah. are all dead. Like he, he has to sort of navigate the tunnels, and that's a little tricky. But like uh, after this 
calamity. Um, he doesn't come across too many uh, objectors to him. Him leaving out. He does scoop an item on his way out, though. Oh sure, he does. He does stumble. So his first destination is back to Ikrit's uh, little lair or whatever his, his room was, um, where he spent a lot of time being tortured. Um, he, he rolls up there looking for his armor, for his weapons, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and all he, all he does find is his lantern, um, which is great because every Lord Castellan needs his lantern. And so he flips that thing open just to see what's what. Oh man! Everyone physically reacted in this room when I when I said that, in that uh, it it does not rejuvenate him as you as as we've grown to expect, but rather it burns him. It's real hot yeah. in the same way that it burns you know forces of chaos. Chaos right? dudes, yeah. yeah. So weird. Ruh-ro. Oh goodness! And now we have chaos stormcast. Watch out! Mm-hmm. It's coming in a Storm box set. Chaos. Stormcast yeah. coming. <laughs> That's fun. Uh, coming in a box set <laughs> next spring. <laughs> he grabs the lantern. He heads out. Uh, onto the snow-capped mountain, he's uh, running around. I think he he uh, there's he sees he's running from uh, Melkcheck. Sure, yep. Right, so. he's kind of chasing him. He's trying to find a way to ditch him. Um, he sees uh, one of the aters up in the sky, the princess, or kind of hears her, tries to call out. Um, they're searching, for, you know, maybe searching for him. He can't get it, um, and uh, he stumbles out onto kind of the. Um, Somewhere down below the mountain, or snowy side. plains yeah. of some sort, yeah. And um, um, Melchik pounces on him, and uh, then out of nowhere, uh, a, a human of the same tribe as Barak comes in uh, and fends off uh, Melchik, fights with him, uh, does some cool stuff too, hardens his armor, claws. Jumps into trees and out of other trees. Yeah. Does some really crazy, like where he jumps into shadows and out of shadows, he's not expecting her. Uh, and one of the, I think, first coolest, uh, probably my favorite combat early on is this combat between the two of them where uh, he comes at her, she uh, jumps backwards into a tree, comes out another tree, kind of punches him in the face. He pounces on her, uh, she slides into the ground. And then falls out of the tree above him onto his back. Just, just real sweet. It was legit. If it's, you want to fight a dude who like can jump into the shadows, let me tell you, you better learn how to jump into trees. Like, cool. <laughs> is this like Kitty Pride? Is this all like Excalibur heroes that we're going through here? Oh man, good Marvel reference. New podcast. Let's stop talking about this. Uh, <laughs> Captain Britain. Uh, nice. And we review car. we review uh, Age of Sigmar novels as if they are Marvel novels. Yeah, exactly. We replace all the names. Oh, I, again, making other pop culture references. Literally after our conversation. All right. Um, but yeah, no, it's a sweet uh, fight, and it's it's fun to finally see someone who's able able to like sort of stand up to Malachek, yep. right? Yep. Like uh, we saw Brutican go down. We saw that Hamilcar like can't defend himself. Now, granted, he's pretty weakened at this point, but it seems like he would have. Uh, would have been handily beat by Malachek to see someone who's actually able to go toe to toe with him at yep. this point, um, which is pretty impressive. So much so that yeah, she she wounds him or, or something and, and and drives him off. And so finally, Hamilcar saved. Uh, he can finally get back to uh, being sweet and Hamilcar. Spear to the back of his head. Exactly because because even this uh, this this gal knows that like. Hamilcar is important and like desired by Ikrit and and she's familiar with Ikrit as a Mm -hmm. you know a a terrible force in these mountains so she knows that um, if he wants he wants Hamilcar Hamilcar has to go and so like you said spear to the back of the neck like kills him like straight out 
um, because this is she she can't afford to let Ikrit get his hands on Hamilcar. Yeah. Well, she also says, "I can't let you live like this," right? Like so, she knows that there's something wrong. Something mm. has happened. Oh, that's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, another huge twist. The the book takes another sharp left. I was pointing right, but I meant left. Um, it was it was, it was my that. left. Yeah, didn't know it, was oh, it was implied. It was implied. I try and describe the things that I'm doing because I feel it's super interesting. I'm not going to edit um, that either. Uh, through the anvil of apotheosis, through the hammering, uh, he finds himself alone in a cage. <laughs> Sure, it's starting to be like his natural habitat, right? <laughs> this is where Hamilcar kicks it, is behind bars. Yeah. Uh, but uh, all the bars are pure sigmarite, like the bed beautiful. is a beautiful bed that he can, can lay down in. Walls are white, light everywhere. It's a beautiful space. Um, but he still doesn't know where he is. Uh, there's a, a, a dwarden just standing outside his bars, looking at him. Grumpy. Sure. I was going to say real nice. Nope, not nice. <laughs> not real nice. grumpy. Uh, we meet our very first, uh, one of the first of the six Smiths. Yeah. And well, what our I, first and the first six Smith. Yeah. What I assumed as I was reading this guy, I'm like, okay, we're seeing Grungni again. Yep. Even though he didn't yeah. quite line up, like we've, we've met him before in um, Spirit Excel. Shadows. Yeah, Spirit, Spirit Shadows. Shadows yeah. That's it. Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, this is just another author's take on him. And I was really pleased that it wasn't. Yeah, Grungni. I was awesome. like, ah, we've not met a sick, uh, one of the Smiths, and sure. I, I don't know if I would have guaranteed that they're all dwarves. I mean, we still probably can't. Dwarden, sorry. Yeah. Um, oh but, my god! But there was definitely similarities in the way that he interacted with his environment as well. Like, sure. Grungi was like, oh, I'm going to expand to the like, etc. But it was kind of handled the same way where Geimer wrote it as, as, I'm expanding, but not quite to the same degree, right? Like, I'm, I'm affecting reality, but not quite to the same degree. Well, I, I think he's, uh, in this book, we're very much fleshing the in-between, in-between mortal and God. Mm, yeah. um, and so we get the sense of demigods, we get the sense of in-between creatures. I mean, even um, Brychen, who's the... Um, oh, I didn't say her name. We yeah, didn't yeah. say her name, Brychen. I don't know if we find out her name right then, uh, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, she's kind of this human evolved with the help of her, you know, the the you know Alarial or the Maiden or whoever, um, you know, Ong was once a Dwarden, so Ong is the first smith, and he was once a Dwarden, and but then tasked with this responsibility, he's now a demigod. Mm-hmm. He's gotten the powers, or was imbued by the powers of probably Sigmar and um, Grungni to be able to do this task. Um, and so he has spent some time, we find out, six years trying to beat this form back into some shape that was usable again. And so we find out that Hamilcar has lost six years since his bear eaters have been wiped out, um, since that battles were gone, since Ikrit blew up and hasn't been, you know, and they don't, we find this out slowly. We uh, don't find this all out at once. Apologies. Um, <laughs> well, that's, but, why they, that's why people are listening to this yeah. podcast is so they don't yeah. have to. Yeah. So uh, on comes in, he brings in some other people with him to witness and kind of uh, put, witness put Hamilcar me. on trial because what's happened to Hamilcar is, uh, a bit of an abomination is a bit of a, a unknown. How could this possibly happen? How could uh, um, how could this being exist? Um, and we find out that he's lost that spark of Sigmar, as as Davy was saying, that piece of Sigmar that uh, there's some piece of him that is now missing. Like, and that that is why he's still there. Like, hey, 
you know, Ong's worked on him for six years. Like you're still not fit to be returned, you know? Yep. And so I'm going to keep you here until I can figure this out. Sure. And if that's forever, then that's forever. And Hamilcar's like, lame. Yep. <laughs> I got stuff to do. Well, the other thing is that he brings, Ong brings three people in yep. to judge him, right? Yep. And Hamilcar's like, why is he picking these three people? These people don't really know me that well. Like, give me one. Uh, Vicalia, uh, right? Sure. Vicalia. Yeah. Oh, oof. You've, you've played your hand. Punk. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so he brings in these people, and Hamilcar's like, I don't even know why these people are really the people who are supposed to be Same judging one. me. I don't really know them. Rems. I met this guy once. Rems. I fought with her like twice. Like, what's the deal? So right? it's it's Vicaeus, who's mm-hmm. we, who we haven't mentioned, but has come up a few times in this story and in previous stories, which is uh, she's a Lord Veritant. Uh, very good. Yeah, thank you very much. Uh, of her own, her own host or the Knights Merciless. Knights Merciless, exactly. Oh, um, yeah, so they cool. they've come across each other, as we know about uh, Lord Veritans. They're very stoic. They're very mm-hmm. uh, adamantly anti chaos, and so they're very focused in that regard. Yeah. and they're they're very I know very serious. I guess is yep. what you would consider kind of the, the witch hunter of the. Of the Stormcast. Exactly. And so, uh, at, in some ways, you would argue personality-wise, but at odds with who mm-hmm. Hamilcar is. So, they, yeah. they, you, we've seen that they've butted heads before. Um, then there's Zephocles, who mm-hmm. uh, we've seen in plenty of previous stories, I think. The Beastbane. Pe- yeah, uh, the Beastbane. Yeah, P- uh, Pestilence, probably, I think. Uh, um, the Gork the Gork one from Fist, the Realmgate Wars. Fist of, Fist, Fist of Gork, yeah, there you go. Um, and, and a few other ones. So, he, he's been peppered in his own stories. Um and then Ramus, who we but this book isn't Zephyrcles, champion of the gods. No, sir. Though he is also an astral templar, so they have that yep. connection. Yep. Um, and then there's Ramus, who we know from the audio dramas was was that's how uh, him and Hamilcar have crossed paths. But then obviously Ramus has been a lot. He's of the, the relicter of the Bullhearts, yep. uh, which is Tarsus's wanted to storm the the gates of death and and face Nagash to get Ram, uh, exactly. Bullhart back. So we would say maybe maybe we Tarsus. know these at least some of these characters yeah, mm-hmm. relatively well, but Hamilcar argues that he he doesn't, or at the very least yeah. they would know him. Like they've crossed paths, but they don't know him that well. Well, and he doesn't let anybody know him that well, mm-hmm. right? He's not close with anybody. He is Hamilcar. I like to think we're close. Gosh darn it! <laughs> these fantasies you have are getting too real. <laughs> so get back on topic. Nobody expects the Stormcast Inquisition. Yeah. So, kind of, so that's what they do. They're, that was on topic. They're, they're, they're even they're they're either witnesses or jurors or they're they're aiding Ang in his what I guess what, you'd call an investigation. What or do discussion. we do with this guy? Yeah, exactly. What do, what do we do with him? Um, and but I think David cut to the chase, and maybe we should too as well. Is that the the gist is Ang is like I don't know you're, you're, something's wrong with you, and I'm going to keep trying to figure this out until I, I do. Um, and then. I don't know if he snaps or what it is, but uh, he just sort of dissipates those stormcasts. Turns out they were never there at all. They're actually just remnants of previous reforgings. It was an illusion. They're not (laughs) remnants. It's like they are what was taken out. Right? Like he is able to preserve. Some might say remnants. I was thinking like, like version one. Like when you bring back a version of a document that you've been creating, oh. well, you go back to it. Yeah. yeah. Well, anytime somebody passes through their forge, something is left behind. And that's yeah. how he's able to, like, they're, they're like the scrapings, you know, the, yeah. the stuff. The stuff well, he hammered out. Yeah. And that's kept. Like, this is a new, important piece of information. That part isn't discarded, that part is kept. Mm-hmm. And they are able to be called by Ong. And so the reason why those three were chosen is because they know Hamilcar the best from the remnants not from what is left right like not from who they are now and that's what really seriously confused Hamilcar because he's like I don't even know these people 
why are they coming here to judge me? But they know him from before. I like to think that like he's holding on to those little shards of people that he's reforged just to mess with people when they come through again. Like, ah, <laughs> gotcha. I, um, but this would be this book would kind of drag on for the last half if Hamilcar spent it all sitting in a cell owned by the six smiths so he's got to get out of here somehow who shows right? up next then uh, a massive powerful like a dwarf that a dwarden that is uh, shifting in size appears like <coughs> wildly powerful he's got these glasses on lightning crackles over him he's like whatever the guy pulls out a key unlocks it Hamilcar Punches him right in the face. <laughs> Which is what I do to somebody else. The white dwarf myself. does not deserve that, does he? It's not the white dwarf. What? Uh, so this guy goes stumbling back, and then uh, it turns out that was Sigmar in disguise. Whoopsie daisy. Yeah. Uh, and he, he uh, yeah, I mean, he, and he's sitting there thinking his head. He's like, I'm just a stormcast. This is a demigod. This probably isn't the right course of action. I'm probably, <laughs> I don't know. Bam! And he's like, I'm, but I have to propel myself forward with my fist towards his face, uh, and he uh, knocks the dude out. He uh, hits him up in the air, lands on his back, uh, and he's, but he stands up and doesn't seem to be that phased by it at all. Yeah, uh, and reveals himself to be Sigmar. Yeah, uh, well, but doesn't I mean Hamilcar boogies out of there a little bit, right? Like he he, he bolts down the hallway and he gets yeah. to like some armory or something, and like turns out Sigmar just kicking it there too. Like, yeah. You know, um, yeah, exactly. Um, and this is where uh, Sigmar reveals himself yep. and then uh, calls, well, whoops, <laughs> Sigmar, you nasty. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he tasks with uh, Hamilcar with a new mission, like a new goal. And the reason he's able to give him this new mission is because Hamilcar is no longer uh, Lord Castellan, but rather he is a knight questor. Am I saying what? that right? Is that what he is? Yep. Yeah. yeah, all right. Um, and so... First uh, scene in... Uh, Silver Tower, is that yeah. what you're asking? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so Sigmar says, hey, look, like, I'm familiar with Akrit. Like, I know his gym. Like, in fact, all of us gods are, which, yeah. I mean, that really speaks to the the efficacy of Akrit, right? To the yep. fact that all the gods are aware of him. Um, he's like, look, you're you're the only person I know who's, like, interacted with him on, like, a personal level. Here's the deal. How about you get back down there and bring me him? Um, because I, I have some choice words for that, yeah. uh, that rep. Um, he then follows it up with hey look oof, little hiccup though by the way I can't let people know that I'm just letting you go down there especially in your current like state yeah. Yeah. which is to say you know corrupted or missing something Ong, so yeah. Ong will be real mad at me yeah <laughs> kind of need them six smiths I need them smiths working at full power sign of a, like a good manager where he can't like you know uh, admit these things to his underlings but he's like so I'm gonna send you and then like moments later I'm gonna send some people to hunt you down <laughs> um, because like, I can't let it be known that I let you let you you know out into the world so, some people so are we cool awesome see ya uh, and so basically he, he gives him this new knight quester armor he gives him back his halberd because Hamilcar would be nothing without his you know his traditional gives him a helmet armor. gives him a helmet yeah and then uh, <laughs> ships him out no I think I think it actually makes him hoof it down to the nearest realm yeah. gate yeah, yeah, Ham- to- Hamilcar literally is holding this helmet he's like cool tosses it over his shoulder <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah he has to kind of sneak his way out or get past guards he plays it cool mm. um, oh yeah uh, he kind of gets down to the gate, yeah. um, and this was my. This is where I think I fell in love with Hamilcar. Ew. Like this book. Why don't you marry him? Uh, I d- <laughs> I did spend about twenty hours reading it. So, um, and this was so. This was in between chapters, and this is uh, again. This is Hamilcar speaking, breaking the fourth wall, talking to us as the viewer, and he goes. And so that is the story of how I knocked out Sigmar Heldenhammer, <laughs> and incidentally, how I came to be named Knight Questor. 
Now pass me that cup, mortal. Recounting my triumphs is thirstier work than winning new ones. What is that? Speak louder, friend. You want to hear more of that tale? Very well. There's still some night left. Uh, so he's kind of, there's a little bit of this book is first person, but some of it is past tense. Right. Um, he, so we get some sense that he's recounting this whole thing to yeah, us. Yeah, yeah. Um, Cause he, he's, he'll say something like I'd never seen that. Well, not, not to this, you know, at this point yet, you yeah. know, et cetera. Um, but he's full well revealing that he's going to embellish this story a little bit. He's gonna, he's gonna claim that he's not gonna be afraid to tell people that he knocked out Sigmar full well that probably nobody's gonna believe him either. So right. super self aware. I like it. So uh, yeah, we're getting married on the twenty third. Okay. Well, you got. Are you registered? You didn't invite me. Yeah. I feel kind of insulted. Well. We'll figure out the details of that wedding. Why did you have to make it awkward, Paul? (laughs) (laughs) So he manages to get out of his ear and makes it back to the seven words. Yeah. And uh, there he runs into uh, Arcturus and Francos. Yeah. And as he's going there, he shows up. It's been six years. Yep. There are uh, seven words, uh, Stormcast, that see him. They recognize him. Some of the imperishables, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. And they're From like, the anvils, what the? Anvils of the Held Hammer. They're like, oh, he's back. He's back. It's and happened. he's like, yes, I'm back. It, it is I. Yeah. He you tries know? to use his charm yeah. to yeah. just bolt through, confuse people with words, and then move on. Um, and there's, uh, he's, but the, he's like, there's not just a, Hey, you're back. There's also something else he's seeing in their faces, but he's not sure why. It's almost a recoil. It's almost well, a, particularly when well, he, anytime he makes physical contact with another stormcast. Yep. Like there's this recoiling, yep. just like you're talking about, like some, like what, what was that? And and early on, you're not. He's not sure if he's reading it right. Like, oh, did I offend him in some other way? Because I offend people, and you know that's yeah. how I do. But uh, figures out that there's there's somehow repulsed by something. Like they can tell something's wrong with him. What happens next, Paul? <laughs> so you don't even ask us a question about it. We've all read it. So what happens is he walks to this gate and he's like, he's meeting the stormcast and like, this is kind of weird. And he's like, all right, where are my bear eaters at? Right, we're gonna go kick some butt. This is gonna be amazing. But unfortunately, the bear eaters are gone. Don't exist right? anymore. Right, bear eaters yeah. don't even exist as a host. Uh, Brudikin is gone, and instead, slash um, is back. Yeah. But, yeah. And instead, his stormhouse is now led by his old um, decimator prime. No, Brudikin was a decimator. Led by his old heralder, yeah. Francos. Yeah. Francos. Yeah, Francos, who was also uh, under the Hamilcar charm. Yeah, we didn't get into him. He was yeah. he was funny because you know, like Hamilcar would be like, "I'm the best," and Francos was like, "Yeah, you are. You're so yeah. great." I look how you took like a, a young voice right there because like Hamilcar even describes him as like a young, immature. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so he's so he's a little offended that his old storm host is under the the guard of this youngling. Or yeah, and he's like, like Francus, really that guy? <laughs> All right, what is it? That the heavens forged. forged? Yeah. yeah. But uh, so he's there. He sounds like a real great guy. <laughs> <laughs> he's chatting, and uh, we should all be so lucky to have a friend like Francos, right? Like, so Hamilcar is talking with Francos and Arcturus, and uh, they're like, "Ah, oh, you're back!" And they're having this conversation. He's like, "Yeah, I'm back. I'm gonna get after Ikrit and go, going about this." And uh, just in a passing mention, right? And should have already figured this out. And Paul and I had a little bit of this um, in conversation uh, before we were done with the book. Should have figured out by the fact that this uh, chamber, the Heldenhammer, anvils of the Heldenhammer, were the imperishables. But uh, he's he's trying to figure out, like, ah, you know, do I need some people to come with me? Like, man, that dude, that Lord Celestine Cetris, 
That, that guy has a real, that guy really wants to get after Nagash for some reason. Anyway, he'd be cool to have along. You're like, finally yeah. it happened. Yeah. We finally have Setra. There's yeah. some, there's some cool uh, interactions with um, some of the people that he's regained uh, kind of connection with. Uh, who's the, the Castellant Arturus? Arturus, yeah. Um, where they were, so he was the one who had sent the messenger to come and say, hey, get back here yeah. uh, to the fort. And there seemed to be quite a bit of animosity and, and somewhat of a rivalry. But when we get them together, Arturus really seems to have missed Hamilcar and, and, and has, I think, internally determined that the reason that they're together is because they've, they match each other well, that they shouldn't both be defenders, that that defender-attacker kind of thing should work well together. And he's kind of excited, like, we can defend this together. We can work on this together, uh, which is a vulnerability that, you know, he mentions Arturus wouldn't have shown before. And I think it makes Hamilcar pretty uncomfortable that, like, he doesn't, there's a real kind of, like, a Stormcast that's bonding with him in this way. You know, he prefers kind of being that lone wolf. Now he's a night quester. And he's kind of like, ah, I can't, can't do that. I gotta um, go. Uh, he also, sorry. When he talks about Cetris, he also snaps to like a huge amount of respect for the guy like not to be trifled with knows his business knows what he needs to do kind of interesting because he doesn't have like where he's rambling off hey vandis is a chump gardas couldn't handle this he's kind of like cetris tons of respect for that dude super legit mm. yeah <laughs> well and i love when like hamilcar gives respect to other uh um stormcast and it's it's the sort of stormcast either a you 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 do expect or you don't expect i think at one point he says that brutican like he can count on one hand all the, the stormcast he's afraid to fight and brutican's one of them yeah um so like I, I love when he does that because like such a boisterous character is so willing to like show that like glimpse of humility to be like well yeah no i know i know when i'm beat like hell i'm not gonna fight this dude. literally searching for that quote as oh yeah yeah, yeah okay right on um <laughs> So that's uh, pretty legit. So and it's fun to see sort of see his version of a hierarchy versus what like we think a hierarchy in terms of like who the strong stormcasts are out there. Um, anyway, so his schmoozing is going on right, mm-hmm. and then uh, some a messenger comes in and says, "Hey, uh, there's some knights merciless just showed up. It's Vicarious, and she really needs to talk to Arcturus and uh, Francus like right now." And they're like, "Oh, hey." Uh, Hamilcar, you should come with. And he's like, I'm good. Um, <laughs> oh, oof, I got this thing. Yeah. I got to hit up. Yeah. Ooh, no. See his uh, armor? And, and <laughs> like, oh, they asked for you guys. And they're like, yeah, but they probably didn't realize you were back. I mean, it's been like five years, so you should just come. And he's like, nah, I mean, it's totally cool. And so they go and he's like, ah, oh, man, the clock is ticking. Peace out. Yeah. <laughs> and so he just takes off and he's like, how can I get out of the seven words? And so he does his thing of trying to bluff. and he, By inciting riots and then trying to climb the the Gorkamon again yeah so this is an (laughs) awesome awesome sequence uh where you know so he comes out and he has he has the help of some of these mortals like they're they're all super pumped that he's back and they're uh, this is actually like one of the moments where some of his things come back to bite him a little bit because we actually have some of the free guild open fire on uh Mm -hmm. some of the stormcasts that are chasing him and like and he that's that's one of the few moments where he's like oh no have I screwed up? Like, like one of his few moments of like actual self doubt yeah. in this. Interesting. Um, well, it's, it's one of those things where his throughout this, his strengths turn into weakness, like one after another turn into weaknesses mm-hmm. for him mm-hmm. and play against him. And it sure. keeps falling in it. Yeah. Um, and so this is another one where it's good, but at the same time, like I wonder, it, 
I wonder how many times that ever happens where you get Iron Weld opening fire and sending Stormcast back to his ear. Yeah. Like, have we ever seen it? Like, has that ever happened? We haven't seen it in a book. I I, I kind of feel like you've got to extrapolate to some extent that it's probably happened somewhere else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Because this strife, this conflict isn't isolated. Yeah. Uh, but it, it shows the the difference between um, how the stormcast react to him and the, the, the human beings react to him. Right. He's getting such a cold re- reception from the the stormcast. Even yeah. I mean, Arcturus is still nice to him, but even he obviously recognizes there's something wrong with him. Yeah. Um, however, the, the humans don't see anything wrong with him. Yeah. They're nothing but overjoyed. To if see anything, them back. they're more. Yeah, exactly. more oh, so. Yeah, yeah, right. right, exactly. So well, it's it's fun to see the, those sort of lined up next to each other. And this when is you, where a cop like is uh, you know so the anvils are trying to snag him, and then his own. Uh, Astral Templars are chasing after him. This is where he gets that quote in about like, remember when I told you there I could count on both hands like the number of Stormcasts in the entire you know all of Sigmar's forces that could be me. Yeah, Brudikin's one of them. So you know, like he, he uh, passes on a duel with him, and then uh, and then he and not just Brudikin, but uh, a dear friend of his. Uh, what, what's his name? Crow. Oh yeah, right. Oh yeah, because his his. Oh, uh, this is a burn. <laughs> that's, that's, so his, his former Griffhound, yeah, yeah, and that, he's like, oh man, something's on my arm. Like I'm gonna punch you, Crow, my dude, <laughs> dude. Exactly. Not so your, Crow not your was dude the anymore. That he was with for over a hundred years before he got killed. Yeah, rough. Rough. Did Crow <laughs> survive when he died? <laughs> that was good. Uh, when he when he died in a previous story, was did Crow bite it? I, I, I would assume so, but I think the Griffhounds um, and some of those creatures of Azir kind of we know go that back. We know that Dracoths do. I, yeah. I don't know for sure whether Griff charges or Griffhounds. Neither here nor there. Anyway. implied. Yeah, gotcha. Anyways, that's, that's fine. Implied, uh, Paul, or implode? Uh, uh, imploding Griff. Anyway, but he gets out of the city, and but you know people are right on his tail like he only has a little bit of and he, you know with some kind of cleverness and some help from the from the locals he managed to get out uh but he doesn't really have anywhere to go so he's like i guess i'm gonna try to climb the gorkamon the yeah. third time. this time it'll yeah. work yeah. it's gonna happen this time and so he's going up the side of this and like he's like ah no handholds just gonna punch a hole in the rock and use that as a handhold which Cheating, uh, <laughs> not fair. Well, but you want to talk about cheating? cheating? Who chases him down though? Yeah. Prosecutors, you're like, yeah, yeah. I guess that makes sense. So they're just flying by. I'm like, hey, bro, we caught up to you. It's over. He's like, nah, I don't think it is. He's like, like, he's he's like, step like, out of the car. Yeah. He's like, going three miles an hour. It's like, no, I can do this, sir. Stop punching the mountain. <laughs> slow. No, slow, I can do this. Slow speed chase. Yeah. And so they're they're about to like just do what they got to do to take him in, and then uh, all of a sudden, in comes him. yeah, uh, Atar. And we skimmed over, but he he had kind of a connection with the princess of this. Uh, what of kind of connection? <laughs> Not that kind. The kindred spirits. So she's she's uh, headstrong like he is, and she comes and just like basically like you know smashes him to the wall with a claw and then lifts off starts you know carrying him off and which probably isn't easy like. no yeah high high degree of skill needed to pull that off and uh there's there's a little bit of standoff and then it turns to violence and there's more more uh prosecutors like they get their wings torn off and some of them start falling and then finally the rest of the prosecutors like i can't beat all these atar knights because there's not just a princess but multiple ones like i guess i'm gonna go save my dude who's like falling to his death right now yeah. 
these broken wings. Mr. Mister, everybody. Which is <laughs> so it's also cool that you know, like both Brightchen and these Atar are not like a match like or the Stormcast aren't auto, you know, winning against some of these locals, sure. right? Um, they've met their match, even their, you know, Castellans, you know, Hamilcar knows where when he's, you know. I can't remember the last time we've seen, like, Stormcast get beat so many times from so many different people. Like, the Free Guild are, like, lighting them up. Like, the Eagles are taking them out. Like, it's it's really... Uh, well, you know, place. it's been a few hundred years. People have learned their tricks. Uh, <laughs> they know the hard counters to... You know, so, Hamilcar gets taken up to the top of the Gorkamon into kind of the nesting... Uh, chambers and you know where royalty can be it's not really fitting for people there's kind of some areas where he can sit and scoot over and whatnot yeah um, i don't know if you've ever seen a bird nest it's pretty gross yeah <laughs> it's pretty uh but he's not the only person up there yeah. there's another dude a, hey oh <laughs> i'm up here hanging with the hatard too because i don't know how to get down <laughs> uh, so barbarous is still up here i think sure. translator five years yeah. later barbarous yeah. And he specifically, he'd been ordered uh, to return and back. Like, hey, uh, the barriers are dissolved. It's time now. You're going to be part of the uh, Heaven's Forged. And he's like, no, I got some other stuff I'm going to do. So new new phone, who dis? Yeah. (laughs) So, but I mean, interesting. Like, this is another thing where somebody's bucking the commands of their god, right? Well, and it's neat that that we have a role for that, a very specific thing. Like the Eric Quester is like, there's a model for that. Um, Sure. So it. It's fun to see that a implemented in in a in a book, but b also see it implemented in a way that the model isn't. In that, like this was a night venator, yep. presumably still has his wings, but he's not that that guy. Yep. Who, like, what, what's the model? He's like a great sword or something. But like yeah. it, it's a different version of that. And Hamilcar is like, well, there's not room in this nest for two questors. <laughs> <laughs> he was, you know, he's kind of walking around in this new armor, and he's like, hey, I got my own mission. I'm coming directly from Sigmar. How cool is record scratch? Uh, Wait a minute! You got cool armor too. You're a but there's a very distinct difference in that there's the difference between a knight quester and an errant quester is the yeah. errant quester took it upon themselves to do whatever they mm. wanted versus also, like a mission from Sigmar specifically. We're on a mission from yeah. Sigmar. <laughs> also, an errant quester covered in bird poop and whatever else is up there in the nest. He's seen yeah. better days. He that's seems for sure. pretty yeah. filthy. Yeah. Ben Star. Yeah, but he still got his star eagle. So. He's got that going for him. He does. Which is the nice. Star Eagle has a name, and I do not remember right now. I would always forget it just in time to like have it referenced, and I'd be like, "Who? What?" They you need know, to like, have a Star Eagle card, Star Star Strike, because that'd be awesome. Uh, but th- this this eagle would like, you know, ah, uh, now this name is grooming his hair. I'm like, who in the hell is that? And I'm like, oh, it's a Star Eagle. It's okay. Nubia. Yeah. Don't worry Nubia. About there it. you go. Yeah. <laughs> they were like, Nubia did this thing, and I'm like, oh, what? Who's this again? <laughs> what is it? <laughs> Anyway. Um, so he's brought up to the, the peak of the Gorkamon. He's he's uh, in front of the he, the princess. Brought him there. He's in front of the king. He's like, "Hey, man, I'm I'm back. Let's let's do this." Um, he he sort of relates his mission, saying, "Hey, look, I'm I'm now going to be after Icarit. Um, I don't. Does he ask for help or? Because obviously that's what he gets eventually. But like, what 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 is he there for? He's so he knows that when he came out of that mountain five years earlier, six years earlier, whatever, he had seen the princess up in the air. He thinks that she knows how to get back to that spot. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, is it Brute? No, the yeah. other Barbarous. quester. Barbarous. Barbarous. Also has, I mean, part of his quest is to seek, uh, to avenge the queen mm-hmm. um, of the Atars for that death. And so he also wants to see Ikrit 
um, dead. Uh, the ATARs have been searching. They've been looking. It seems like like nobody's been resting for five years waiting for Hamilcar to get back. Right. They've all been looking for him and they can't find him. Um, but Hamilcar impresses upon them to help him get back to the mountain. He thinks he knows he, that he can find him where nobody else can. Um, the princess wants to do that. Um, and so she convinces her father to let her aid them. And they go on a big bird ride. Sure. But not without swooping and grazing some people first. <laughs> a, la, a la Gandalf. Um, riding, riding on those. Um, yeah, so he hops on uh, the princess. Uh, Barbara's... Ro- <laughs> Come on, you guys are adults. You have children. You both have daughters. Um, Which means they know exactly what you mean. Right, fellas. All right. Um, it's getting worse. <laughs> it's not getting better. Uh, and the princess and Barbaras uh, set off uh, to try and get back to that mountain um, to find Ikrit. Uh, they fly over the Nevermarsh, the, the Gorewood, uh, and as they're flying, obviously, the, the eagles have fantastic eyesight, and they happen to see that uh, there's there's a an engagement going on uh, down below, a, a fight. So they swoop down to help to, you know, d- demolish chaos wherever they find it. And who do they find? But it's a uh, um, the... Blue skies. Oh, blue yeah, blue skies. So, I'll, what's his name? I'll Sahin. Sahin. S- S- I don't want to say anything, but because I don't want to be offensive. The blue skies of Jericho. <laughs> yeah, the blue skies of Jericho. Um, fighting love, off. By the way, I love that name. Like it's just like this optimistic, like anything's possible. And I think there's a reason for the blue skies. I can't remember exactly yeah, what I it is. I think they say, but I can't remember. Um, but I mean, they just seem like a like a very cheerful, optimistic crew very, of very of eager yeah, yeah very very go get them attitude so they swooped in and they, they they save them they or not necessarily save them because i think it was join the fight yeah exactly they 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 join the fight and um defeat the the chaos forces and uh the free guild are ec- ecstatic to see um the uh see hamilcar el shah el shah yep yeah. yep and uh what, what's his hamuz el shah what's his buddy's name oh your dude yeah oh spoilers this is a pretty sweet though uh warlock engineer that they're facing though he's got this like awesome wind up like huge rocket that he's launching into the blue skies whose side are you on paul it's pretty sweet i'm just saying what up melchnik fan (laughs) that's true who am i to say Uh, (laughs) is that the eshin calling the the verminous i don't mean to yuck uh, your yums um but you're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Yeah. So anyways, they they, uh, they, they join forces. It's at this time that uh, who also should roll up like to complete the party, right? Brightchen! Yeah, our gal Brightchen. Um, What's uh, up? Last she, scene, stabbing Hamilcar in the back of yeah, the and, green, and, and, yet and she rolls up and she goes, up? Yeah, and, and they're <laughs> totally chill about it. He's like, yeah, no, I guess that's cool. Um, I don't love it, but like, you, you were right in some capacity and so all of these disparate uh, individuals or groups of individuals decide that hey we're all going to travel together and head back up because we all sort of individually have a vendetta against Ikrit in one way or another Brighton's uh, saying though I've already been to that cave like yeah. Oh, yeah. I found it and ain't nothing there sure. you know, you're wasting your time yeah. Hamilcar says I'm never wasting my time yeah. <laughs> well and during the fight Barbarus gets some of his wings clipped as it were. Uh, so, I like this where it's like, Hamilcar's like, I don't know, Barbarous. I don't think the princess can carry both of us on the eagle. Then he puts three other people on the eagle instead. <laughs> and like, Barbarous is like, yeah, you're right. I, I really too heavy for the eagle. And like, 
Well, he definitely, yeah, he definitely uh, like uh, zigs and makes uh, uh, makes him zag uh, to just kind of beat him to the prey. I mean, like mm-hmm. at this point, it's a competition with another stormcast, um, and he kind of leaves him behind uh, to protect the people. We can't leave these uh, these humans here undefended. And then uh, a couple of them volunteer to come with him, and he's like, eh. he's like, well, they have every right to throw themselves. Again, he's still kind of doesn't really care about the people but sees them as maybe useful and also maybe a little respect for them wanting to be brave. And Just as I don't want to dig too deep in this, but I love the fact that like Hamilcar, although he wants to use these humans, I never get the sense that he wants to use them as a, like as a meat shield, which right. I feel like is something that's been brought up before where some of the humans, like I think uh, the Shadespire novel. Shadespire, yeah, exactly. Deal, yeah. Yeah, like, you know, the, the, the Stormcast are throwing humans at threats because they don't want to risk the the idea yep. that maybe they'd get their armor scuffed, right? Yeah. Um, that's not what's going on here. Now, grant, granted, Hamilcar's maybe still using them in some capacity, but it's not for them to die. Like it doesn't, it doesn't feel as cynical as that. It nope. feels yeah. like, like, hey, like I, he believes, he recognizes and believes that they are a valuable asset in the war against yep. chaos, yeah, and exactly. he's trying to leverage them in a way that they're overlooked by uh, other yeah, strong yeah, so and, it's, and I would say he respects them as beings of, of Sigmar, and, you know, um, that they have a right to the realms. Like, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't think he sees them as as things to just throw away. Right. But he's not truly connecting to them the way he's making them believe he's connecting with them. True, yeah. It's sort of that, a, that is true prior to, I, I think to some degree that is true prior to his uh, getting messed up by Ikrit. Yeah. But like he becomes even more, like he, he yeah. is even more in touch with his humanity or like prior, at the beginning of this story, he is one of the Stormcast most in touch with his humanity to some extent, like, yep. uh, but it's even more so now. Like whatever he's lost has also unblocked whatever it is that's making him not remember his yeah. humanity. Well, right? yeah. and, and I'll just say is I think this is where he starts changing. Like yeah. that that because you're, you're absolutely right. It seems like the that piece of Sigmar that's in him separates him mm-hmm. and blocks some things. Yeah. Not only um, memories, like there's it, there seems to be a sense that that may be blocking quite a bit of memory from our Stormcast, but their connection with that humanity um and uh, and kind of walls them off from some of those emotions and feelings for others. Yeah. Um, and so because there's that hole, like you said, I, so my point in saying that is that I think at this point he still kind of doesn't see them as a, a something he needs, but he's starting to make that transition. He's starting to see that respect. He's starting to see himself and who he was, mm-hmm. and he's starting to see that value. Mm-hmm. Well, so. And one of the flashbacks is to Vicaeus, right? And like that the Vicaeus was his queen and he was a king right and he's experiencing these emotions that he doesn't know how to process he doesn't know what they're called and he's like I know you're reading this right now and going this makes no sense obviously you're in love why are you being so stupid about it and he's like Stormcast don't have a word for what that means right we don't have the knowledge of that but this knowledge is starting to come back and as he realizes that then he has this like emotional response towards Vicaeus that is not about his humanity, that's more of him understanding that he has this humanity. And when he starts talking to the blue skies of Jericho, and especially when he starts inviting them to come with him on this mission, he's like, wait, this guy has a family. Yeah, This guy has kids. I'm not asking a mortal to come help me, I'm asking a father. 
right? That's a difference. There is a difference here between what I was and what I am. So they, they do they join forces. Uh, they all have common goals, whether or not they want to work on, on them individually or, you know, sort of together, but they, they, they are all working towards the same thing. And uh, between the knowledge of, of the whole group, they, they know where this, this mountain is, so they head, head back towards it. Um, before they hit into the tunnels, they come across, uh, so the, the environment's a little different than the last time Hamilcar saw it. He was here in the winter, now it's springtime, so he's in the same spot, but it's it's uh, the, the trees are different. It's that, these crazy ice trees that, like, sapped his strength before like he would touch a tree and it was freezing him now mm-hmm. they're now they're like dormant because it's summer so they're a lake of ice yeah it's really weird stuff but yeah it's it's it's, 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 it's a lake that's like clinging to the side of the mountain it's so hard to it, digest yeah. but yeah, yeah it, it, it it's it, hey welcome to Gur, man like, yeah. get, get on it's, board it's one of the more like surreal yeah. uh i don't know out there I needed to see it like drawn, like I yeah. need to see it like illustrated in some way. But anyways, uh, he they roll up and they find out that like Hamilcar's lantern's still here. So this is back when like he got dropped by uh, Brightchen, uh when he was getting chased by Malachek. Uh, he had dropped his lantern on this very mountainside, and so he finds it finds it in the middle of this lake because it was a forest. Now it's a lake of, of weird water. So he he makes his way to try to wade to the center of this lake to get at his lantern. Hey man, don't do that because this is a weird frozen ice water lake and the same <laughs> effect that these trees used to have on him the water is having on him now too so it's freezing him to his very core like he's already a pretty big burly man like back from back from his pre reforging days he was a you know an ice king or something ridiculous uh, so like he knows cold and yet even this frozen lake is is slowing him down um he's able to wade 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 to get to his his lantern like the he gets too deep he gets over his head but he's able to get his hand on his lantern but then he blacks out um, which is what now twice now in this novel. I mean, how great is Hamilcar that he, he get like knocked unconscious <laughs> two times? I've never been a, knocked unconscious in does, my life. Does that just mean he goes up against some pretty big foes? I mean, mm. I mean, ice, ice water, right? like ice. <laughs> ice water, like um, <laughs> jump cut to next chapter. What he's in the tunnels? Uh, we we just, shivering, yeah, shivering. Yeah. But like we, we skipped over a handful of stuff to get him back in the tunnels. Uh, <coughs> apparently, he was saved by his friends. I don't know with his super yep. friends, um, and they are now exploring. <laughs> Uh, exploring the tunnels. Uh, so we have, right, the princess had to, she, she's not going to fit in here. So we've got Bryken, we've got uh, Hamuz el-Shah, the leader of the uh, Blue Skies. We've got Nassam, um, who is the bodyguard slash second to el-Shah. Mm-hmm. He's got a sweet quartz great sword mm-hmm. frequently rests on his shoulder he's got some <laughs> awesome mustaches yeah, yeah i mean he's very much a great like a, a the unit like great yeah. sword but like but but like from a southwest asia middle eastern sort of yeah. you know persuade i don't know i love this dude he's cool the, <laughs> now, Hazan, why don't you marry him? Hazan, do they characterize his i mean he's the leader of this group at some point don't do they characterize him as a a, a book kind of a bookish guy or having like being knowledgeable, having a lot of, I think he's he's been around. Like he's okay. he's old at this point. Like I he's been remember. he's been with Hamilcar on a bunch of different campaigns, and so like he's he's got a lot of learning just by being, okay. you know, having having experienced so much. And unlike Hamilcar, who's just like whatever, life's a party. He's like absorbing this, and like I've I've got this one life to live. I need to really absorb this, you know, information. But yeah, uh, so it's the four of them, right? We're missing yep. anyone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's so sweet. Oh, yeah. Yep. What do they do? Tell me about it. Explain uh, those tunnels to me. So they're working through here. Uh, trying What they're trying to find is Ikrit's lair, right? Uh, working their way in. And Hamilcar's like, man, I've walked this path, you know, hundreds of times when I was 
in chains. I think I can figure it out. And all of a sudden, he's getting more and more lost. He's like, ooh, like, but I'm Hamilcar, so I'm not going to admit that I'm lost. I'm just going to keep on faking it till I make it. But then he makes it. Like, all of a sudden, he happens upon uh, the the lair and not only that typically you make it seem like it's a walk in the park no uh uh, there's an added level of difficulty to this navigation of the tunnels and that like malachek has been hanging out in these tunnels well i assume i don't know if he's been hanging out this whole time like maybe he gets air who knows uh but like he's been hounding them the entire time they're navigating these tunnels um (laughs) just sort of popping out of the shadows poking at them you know tickling them maybe here and there i don't know uh, Mostly taunting him, right? Yeah, like yeah, there's well, a little, it's like, like Ickrit's not here. What are you doing here? Yeah. You're idiots. It's yeah. a psychological thing. Yeah, yep. and he's yep. basically trying to ward him off. You get the sense that he's trying to get him out of here. Like he has yep. no desire to have him, uh, na- you know, navigating these tunnels. Well, we, the other thing is that as they're walking through these tunnels, they have these sensations where like something's different. They walk from one room to the oh, next. Yeah. They're like, this is a little off. They walk so, from one to the next. Like this is a little off. One one thing is that apparently, and I didn't know this, like all Stormcast. You know, like you think of navigating by the stars, Stormcast mm-hmm. are able to navigate by Citadel. the stars. So, like, uh, so they they're able to orient themselves to Azir, which lets them figure out where they are. And uh, Hamilcar keeps on talking about how like Sigindil is almost below the horizon, and that doesn't super make sense where he's at. It's like yeah. something something's off on navigation. But yeah, he's getting deeper and deeper in. And then he gets to Ikrit's lair, and the door is closed. And they're like, well, it's closed. I guess we're not going in. He's like, Peace. negative this door like the only way it can be locked is from the inside when i left it was open so somebody's <laughs> somebody's been here since i since i escaped here the first time sure uh so something is up like somebody's got to be in there uh they get in because Bryken has her well this wood. is this is a funny part if i may real quick she goes up and she touches the wood and he says something very like so what she does and what he thinks she's going to do. Like, I totally, I was sitting there going, oh, she's going to transform the wood into something. Yeah. And what happens is, like, a, a sprout comes out, pushes through the wood, uh, and then she's able to jump into it to get inside. Like, she, and, and he says, oh, I totally don't know what I was expecting her to do. Like, touch the wood and bring it to life or something like that. I don't even know how that would work. But, and I was like, that's what I thought she was going to do. <laughs> I was like, thank you, Hamilcar, from that. <laughs> it felt dumb. But sorry, uh, that was just one of those weird self aware moments that yeah. was yeah. super funny. So they enter Ikrit's lair, and all of a sudden, everything is just different, right? Like, Hamilcar's like, something's wrong, right? Like, Signal, I can't even see it. Like, I can't feel it. And Bryken is like, I'm like, Gurr is not here. Something's and she's very much attuned to Gurr. Yeah, right? like, exactly. Um, and Malinchek's like, "Oh, okay, I got you here. Great. All right, he's not here. Have fun. Bye bye." Yeah. So it's some reverse psychology, right? Like Malinchek has been like, "Hey, he's not here. He's not here." Trying to, and it's actually been like, "Hey, I'm, I'm protesting too much." Is what he's trying to make he him think. Like doth protest. Too yeah. Much, yeah. And so they push on. Turns out he really isn't there, but. Icarus wants Hamilcar in here. Figured he'd come back at some point. I'm an eternal being. I can wait as long as I need. Hamilcar's back, and now his lair is doing something. And they eventually figure out that like it's moving between the realms. Sure. Like basically, has left Gur. Mm-hmm. They kind of between between Hamilcar's sense for where is Azir and Bryken's sense for am I in Gur anymore? They're like, yeah, we're not. We're we're moving somewhere. Like we're. We're in, and I think she even says the realm roots, which yeah. is something we've heard about. Exactly. Right? I mean, definitely not in Kansas. That's for yeah. sure. Um, they're they're traveling through the realm gates, um, or not realm gates, realm roots. 
Is this another example of them not having them being the author, not having the words for what this is when they wrote the book? In that it seems like a knothole a little bit, like these tunnels, and like they're go- they're traveling between different realms. And like I understand they're going to hit up the eight points, which I think all points, which I'm, uh, which is coming in just like two seconds. Um, but like that seems so, like a quintessential knothole. I, I think it is, but I think Nessa, the characters don't necessarily know what a knothole oh, is. Sure. Right? Okay. Mm-hmm. So I, I think what it is is like. The closest they can relate it to is the uh, the follower of Alariel is like seems like realm roots. I've heard of those. Okay. We're somewhere between the realms. That's my best way to describe it. I'm sorry, Geimer. We I don't mean s- to imply that you don't know what a knahole is. <laughs> I think we're intuiting that this is this is a knahole or some way because it's game. We know that they burrow between the realms. So mm-hmm. this is this is uh, people from Azir figuring out that these things exist. I see. Gotcha. See, I think this is actually the realm roots because he's absorbed the power of. Bryken's brother, and he's avoiding the Great Horn Rat, right? If you're using the holes, I assume the Great Horn Rat would be like, hey, there you are. We also find out um, through some of, so part of this time going through the caves, uh, and sometime before, Hamilcar also keeps hearing some things, and he finds <coughs> out that he's got a connection, a soul connection to Ikrit. And so he, this thing keeps coming in his head, and when he's in the Anvil of Apotheosis, he sees a vision of um, uh, Ikrit in a pod, um, and uh, a soul pod yeah. and a soul pod or some pod you know and they kind of he piece it together later that um, the reason one of the reasons Brychen's so furious with Ikrit is because he stole a bunch of this stuff from like knowledge from her people and so um, in his time in the six years he's been recovering using a soul pod for that and there's a moment when they fall into the realm roots or whatever they might be um, where he's back into a vision and he's with, uh, he's on his uh, maybe wedding night or you know something like that with, um, with his queen, uh, Vicalia. Vicalia, and they fall into the bed, and they're touching. What are they doing? What are they and doing? Then, then it's, getting, her, it's getting, it's getting kind of hectic. And her, <laughs> her, her skin, her soft skin turns into fur, and it's slowly evolves into where he's in bed with a naked Ikrit yeah. uh, who's trying to reach in like connect with him and all this kind of stuff and he gets out of bed he shakes out it's a real it. creepy moment yeah possibly uh, the weirdest Age of Sigmar fiction <laughs> moment I've read yeah <laughs> Um, but they're, you know, kind of solidify like, and he's trying to shake himself out of it. Uh, you know, Brychen comments that it sounds like he <laughs> was in the throes of passion or something, you know, uh, all this kind of stuff. And so, you know, just this weird connection that they have. Um, uh, but to, to the point of like, uh, that some of that realm tech, the, the Gyran technology or a uh, magic is also something he's mastered. Um, and this is where we start seeing more of it, but we, you know, we talk about he's mastered some of Hayash in his uh, seeing through lies. Um, he's uh, taken some of the the necromantic. We don't see as much of that yet, um, uh, but I don't know. Maybe his automatons or some I think aspect it's of the that. Clockwork storm vermin. Um, that could be. Um, and we, he's uh, you know taken some from Garan. He's trying to to learn the secrets of all these things. Uh, which uh, Avenger, Avengers villain does that sound like? Having, I know it's Thanos. I was trying to think of a joke, though. <laughs> Stilt man. <laughs> uh, but he's trying to collect all these different powers. Uh, uh, but 
So I, I thought it was a literal realm route that they were in and that... Uh, it, it, it probably is in. Yeah. Uh, well, and this is one of those places where it, it totally changes. Your senses don't work there. And I mean, if you've ever been like overtired or probably, you know, a mixture of drunk and f- fatigued... Think about the last time you're painting for a tournament. <laughs> you're in a fugue state of, must get this done. But like your I senses... I don't understand any of that. Your senses don't work. <laughs> uh, you know, you're uh, at one point, uh, they're, they're walking along and they're trying to um, get through. It's not... It's almost like a dream where the walls haven't totally formed, or they're there but they're not physical yet. They talk about that the um, that the um, realm material hasn't made hasn't um, fully rasterized yet, kind of stuff. Um, and so it's just it's it's hard to navigate. They're tired. It's all this kind of stuff, and uh, um, it's just it's a trip. Um, and you can't. And it's an interesting point here where I think that Hamilcar's strengths or his what have been weaknesses so far start becoming strengths where he says i need to stop thinking about it and st- just keep pushing forward uh brightchen has a sense she helps he helps her concentrate on where gur is they she starts going that way he tracks her they fight some skaven blah 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 but they end up pouring out into more physical space right back in gur Hamuz El Shah, who we've seen a number of times, yep. is mortally wounded. Thought he's going to pop back up from that. They got to leave him behind. Yeah. <laughs> well, they have a cool and, moment uh, yeah. in the in the Varen, Well, where well, do they where do they have that moment? Because they they're in the all points, right? Yeah. Like they um uh, they they pass near it, and uh, Hamuz El Shah, like he's gone to all these different realms. And one of the things he does is he sends back a token to his daughter. You know, so some something like here's something from when I was in Gur. Here's something from when I was in Gurren. A soul like, blight thing. Yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> like, from when I was in Shia, she was like, oh, that's pretty cool. I was like, oh, I guess I'm in the all points now. I got to send something back from the all points, you know, to my daughter. And I don't know, it, it's a it's a cool humanizing moment. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, and we'd, we'd seen him before. I thought he was just going to be like an ongoing character in, yeah. in the Hamilcar saga, but no. He, and I, I don't know if Hamilcar is explicit about this, but this is one of those points too. You think, here's a, a um, here's a, a mortal. Yeah who isn't Hamilcar. Yeah. But has been to all these places, managed all these trophies. Yeah. And has humbly just sent them to his daughter yeah. as a symbol that he was thinking about her. And here another thing where Hamilcar getting in touch his mortality, like with with his the idea of what it is to be human and mortal, uh, he's been able to connect more and more as this as this blockage is gone. Uh, but he's like, even even in my mortal life, I didn't have kids. So here's the thing I can't connect to. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't have children. Um, and uh, so, but so then, it, like, as he ponders that, it kind of impacts him with, like, here's the sacrifice that some of these guys are making that I'm, I'm not part of. And um, yeah, so a pretty, pretty cool moment for all that. Um, and so he, you know, makes some promises. I'll get something back to your daughter and sure. all that sort of thing. So he's going to be in war cry, isn't he? <coughs> Who? He's going to be in war cry to Var Inspire to get a trophy. Okay. He's a, sure. He promises to take a piece of horn off the three-eyed king himself. Oh, yeah. Yep. Seems, <laughs> just how seems awesome very would it Hamilcar. be to have a Night Quester Hamilcar model in war cry? That would be amazing. Yeah, it would. It would be amazing. So it's around this time, though, that they yep. do stumble in time stumble into a more physical space. Ooh, and now they can rest, right? Yeah, thank yeah. God. No, uh, what do they find? But rather the remnants of those armies that they had, uh, yeah. they had fought previously. This, the beast can arm, or the beast men army and the uh, the Nurgle army. So yep. they apparently they were just hanging out in this chamber, this this tunnel, this this um, 
chasm uh, in in these realm roots uh, on the other side of a portal, and as they stumble sort of on the backside of these armies, they can see them rushing through this portal leading to, to parts unknown, but they, they find the, the remnants of those armies, because you remember they were sort of MIA when uh, Icarus' previous tunnels had sort of collapsed. Yeah. Um, so uh, they fight their way through them. Uh, yeah. Everybody, even though at, you know they're sort of weak and weary, but they're still able to. Not like, anymore. Nope. Go. Surprise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we were just holding saving <laughs> Third our wind. saving our best for last. Um, and so they were able to fight their way through the tunnel. They yeah. pop on through, and where do they find themselves? But the, the catacombs under the seven words. What? what? Apparently, it was it was these dudes' plans all along. The the bad guys' dudes um, to attack. Uh, the seven words using this portal uh, from underneath, which I guess I mean Skaven are wanting. And to they right feel great. They sure do. Um, and so they are jumping in right into a battle between uh, the forces of chaos, the Skaven, the beast men, and Nurgle yep. fighting the both human and stormcast defenders of the, the seven words. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so they have to fight their way through the chaos because they're on the backside. Fight their way through ca- the chaos to get to the lines of the good guys so that they can sort of you know. Be yeah. safe, right? Yeah. Like they have to uh, prove themselves to be good guys. Yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's us. <laughs> um, and so they do that. I mean, there's a little bit of a fight scene here. I mean, this is stuff that you're you're used to seeing. Yeah. Uh, Stormcast and, and good guys just wading through ho- the the forces of cast. There's not much. Yeah. To, to explain there. there. Yeah, but once they do make it to the the good guys side, uh, Hamilcar is immediately sort of identified by the Stormcast. Um, I think one of the the um, Ambles of the Held Hammer. Um, as uh, as a wanted man, basically, yep, they're yep. aware that uh, this this guy is being hunted, and he immediately says, "All right, well, uh, I gotta take you. I gotta take you to the the, the upper levels, the the chain of command. Yep. Um, they're they're gonna be looking for you. So um, I think it's like a prosecutor prime, maybe Judicator. or ju- judicator prime. Yeah, uh, leads him to where he knows uh, Acturus, um again, the Lord Castellant of the Imperishables, um, where he's set up shop. Yep. So they navigate these catacombs under the Seven Words. Uh, they head towards. I guess why would Actorus be hanging out here? But that's where it was. They take him to the Rome Gate yeah. uh, that's that's underneath the city because that oh that's where it, it is. He knows that he's going to be defending that Rome Gate, so yeah, that's yeah. where he knows he's going to find him. Um, and so he leads him there. They, I think they maybe fight a couple Skaven on the way. But they get to the Rome Gate and there are no Zip. defenders. Yeah, ain't nobody there, uh, Actorus or otherwise. Um, so man, what does this sound like? A trap. <laughs> <laughs> it was a cool moment because they get there and they're like nobody's here, and uh, I think. Um, Nassam is like, oh, well, maybe there wasn't a fight here. And Hamilcar's like, no, look at the ceiling. You see all these scorch, scorch marks, marks on the ceiling? Yeah. yeah. That's Stormcast going back to his ear. Yeah, exactly. And so you, you got to wonder, like, what's going to send, a, like, a little retinue of Stormcast? Like, what's going to take all of these Stormcasts down and send them through the ceiling? Uh, we've met him before. My my dude, uh, Malachek, apparently is he loves tunnels, catacombs, or otherwise. He's hanging out here, uh, and he, he apparently has dispatched all the stormcasts that were in this room, Jeez. and he was waiting for Hamilcar. Except for Arcturus, who was just laying. Exactly, they find him out, like KO'd, yeah, exactly. Um, so there was a fight. Yeah, um, but we figure out the plan, like because there's a little bit of like uh, super villain monologuing yeah. here, mm-hmm. where uh, it's like, <laughs> well, you know, we sent. Because this is a two-way realm gate, you can go back to Azir. We send a thousand Skaven through there. Well, a thousand Skaven aren't going to do anything. They're going to roll into, you know, Azirheim and just get mulched by all the Stormcast there. But what does Azirheim do if Skaven are coming through a realm gate? Dunsky, close that thing off, lock it, we're done. What's the only thing keeping the seven words from being conquered? It is that realm gate providing reinforcements. So... 
it's a it's intended as a trick to get Azir to close this realm game. Yeah, yeah. So what they do um, in the midst of this fight is they also end up sending Nassam and that Stormcast. The, is that Eris? Or I haven't written that somewhere. Asir? It's, but it's the uh, the Judicator Prime. Yep. Um, send them through to like be like, oh, wait, 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 yeah. wait. No, leave it open, leave it open. It's a trick. It was a trick. No close-a-vous. You've been... Tr- <laughs> what language is that? Fermez-vous. <laughs> no close-a-vous. Um, they, they send them through while Brightshin and Hamilcar try to... 2v1 um, uh, Malachek which for the I mean, second time yeah I mean it's yeah. happened before it wouldn't be stranger yep. things have happened um, so it's a back and forth a fun little fight again watching my my teleporting pal uh, pop here and there and, and, and basically um, hold his own against the two of them um, it turns out uh, he, he ends up well he ends up having the upper hand uh, yeah. for a while sure. uh, until uh not Deus Ex Machina, but Arcturus pops up. Um, he wasn't surprised I wasn't dead all along, uh, <laughs> and he is able to cast a light on uh, Malachek with his lantern or something, yeah. and he's able to um, uh, freeze him out. I believe Hamilcar maybe shows his light too at the same time, and they lock him midair. Uh, Brachin's like oh, fire. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, 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 yeah light or whatever. Hamilcar can't use or his light. Soul fire. Yeah. And uh, and then surprise, Nassam boogies back through that realm gate just because um, <laughs> because he felt like it, and uh, he's the one to get the finishing blow. <laughs> yeah, he's like, Hamilcar's um, on the ground doing. Uh, well, and what I like is he Hamilcar's like, I told you to go to Azir. He's like, you did, but you didn't tell me not to come back, so I came back. <laughs> surprise. <laughs> yeah. Um, and as far as I guess we think we assume that's the end of Malachek seems like it wasn't yeah. it wasn't the most definitive end, yeah. but well and I think he even says something to the fact that like he can't die like almost in the same way that Ikrit can't not yeah. the same way but in a similar way that yeah. Ikrit can't die I got the sense that Malachek couldn't either yeah. um, but anyways dispatched at the yeah, very yeah, least yeah he, he specifically says like, like I can't I can't <laughs> die you can't die because you're a Stormcast so you know I can't win or lose it's just how I play the game mm-hmm. yeah. well yeah. if he's killed and his soul is in Malarion's jail right is he gonna go back mm-hmm. to the realm of shadow I would read that book <laughs> we will it's uh, you would it's just black pages yeah <laughs> all redacted but if you use lemon juice does that make the writing mm-hmm. no it just makes it wet black uh-huh. pages <laughs> <laughs> All right, so everything's great. Everyone's having a great time. Um, so, Ecturus is still alive. Uh, Hamilcar and Brychen were able to defeat Malachek. Um, they make their way back into the... Again, I don't know what it is. It's the fort. It's the town of the City of the Seven Words. So, that's where we jump cut to them running the streets. Um, uh, their goal still is to find Ikrit, but now they're yeah. with. Now they're wading through the forces, Ikrit's forces yeah. who are attacking the fort. And there's really only Stormcast fighting. Um, there's some, I think there's some free guild, but not very many. A lot of the people have fled into their homes to protect their families. And um, Hamilcar's like, okay, nobody's inspiring these people. Uh, and so he kind of gets back into form. He knocks on some doors. People are open up and he's like, I am here. Hamilcar is here. Uh, and they're like, oh. And so he starts to rally them, starts to give them hope. And I think he's he is in a different tone where he's like, you need to fight for your home mm-hmm. and I'm going to stand here. If that means I die, it means whatever. This is important. Uh, and then uh, the Lord Veritant uh, shows up and she is like uh, taking you in. Sure. Yeah. And he's like, are you, are you kidding right now? Because like we <laughs> we are literally like we're the bal- battle is in the balance. Yeah. 
And she's like, yeah, but if uh, Sigmar wanted me to fight this battle, he would have said, go fight this battle. He didn't. He said, go catch you. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's one of those things that like, do you see what I'm doing right now? Like, <laughs> I'm changing things. Well, and, and just want to harken back before we go too far with the Vicalia thing. Um, in that, like when you're talking about like he's leaning towards being like more in tune with the people, I feel like this is this is maybe where he hits that turning point definitively that like yeah. he even makes a constant decision to say, look, I know I'm supposed to be after Ikrit right now. I'm literally a night quester and right. I too have my own mission that I need to be doing. But I want to put that on pause for a hot second while I get these people riled up. To and Brycken's like, not having it. She's like, she's like, no, it's time to go get Ikrit. He's like, no, 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 no. I'm going to do this thing. And she's like, okay, I'm out. And he's like, okay. And he looks to get the parting word. He's like, no, oh, she's gone. Damn. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> and this is maybe another example, maybe not to the same degree, where he still he still seems like he's not in the exact right role for his personality. Yeah. Like, he definitely wasn't like the right, I would say, the not, he wasn't right for the Lord Castellan job. But even... The Knight Quester dub doesn't exactly suit him because he still is so very, um, he's beat, marching to the beat of his own drum. Like, he still has his own motivation. Probably needs to be Lord Celestin. I guess, right? Like, he needs the, the like, maybe a Lord the, Commander? The utmost of, uh, like, autonomy, right? Because even with this, like, singular mission, he still finds himself, um, like, veering off and. Well, and I, I think where it makes sense for him to be a Quester at first because he's such a loner. Mm, true. But, he's not a loner anymore. He, he doesn't, he should be with people. Like he should, like he gets so much from it. Yeah. And, uh, at first on a shallow level, but now on a very personal level. So I think, yeah, the quester, the loner is probably not the right move. Is there any, is there any job I title mean, that fits could, in? Can anything contain the, the amazingness so. that is Hamilcar? How about they just make, it's just your, your title is Hamilcar. Lord Hamilcar. There's no one like me. There's just me. <laughs> <It's true. laughs> um, so, uh, they have a, like a quick little conversation. He tries to talk his way out of getting captured by, uh, Vicaeus. Um, it's back and forth, but obviously you can see that he's making no progress. Uh, she backs oh, him yeah. against, backs him against the wall. And like, what do you do when like you're losing an argument? What does anyone do when they're losing an argument? You hit the person you're arguing with a do- with a door. Yeah. <laughs> There's a good line here because she's had like these prophecies in previous books where it's like she's like, "There's nothing you can do. You need to give up." And he's like, "You really are the worst prophet." <laughs> <And> just clocks <laughs> her with a door. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's wrestling too with his his human love for who she was, mm-hmm. yeah. and like like he's wants to just give in and wants like he's fighting his person because he told um, was it uh, Hamas uh, that. Because he, there was a point where he gets angry, he loses himself yeah. to his 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 anger uh, in Ikrit's uh, lair, yeah. and he scares the his men, and he really he does not want that, yeah. um, and he so he promises to be the best he's remembered himself to be as yeah. a Stormcast than who a, he was. In there's it. a moment of reflection here where he's like, hey, maybe this is why Sigmar makes us lose our memories because like because it divorces us from this emotion which yeah. gives us these reactions so like and th- i feel like that's one of the first times where we're seeing like oh okay like maybe maybe the fact that they can't remember is a feature more yeah. than a flaw He's, right? yeah he says like i don't think i was a good guy yeah yeah i don't know why yeah. why did stormcast why did sigmar choose me mm-hmm. not a good guy to fill this role um but he made me better he made me a better person um, there's an appreciation for that loss of that piece of himself, and he wants to embrace that right. for these humans. Yeah, sure, sure. Uh, so, clocked with door, 
that's his cute. To, what, what what escape is this? Maybe f- like five at this yeah. point. Like, He's a runner. <laughs> there's there's which, a lot of chase scenes, which is it. also like juxtaposed to like his character, right? Like he doesn't yeah. seem like the sort of person who would be running. Yet he's I, running constantly I, I, up in this. I book. disagree. I think he runs in and he runs out. He runs out. <laughs> he's just, anywhere he's going, he's dude, running. Dude never walks. Yeah, he's always running. Uh, and so charging. This, this is yet he's an, charging away. True, yeah. like like a charging in reverse. Likeable, um, but yet another uh, yet another escape. Um, but this is another chase scene where he's running through the city streets, um, being chased by Vicaeus, who gathers herself and her two her two pals, who are I think they're all riding uh, dragons. Yeah. The other two are concussors. Ooh, concussors. Yep. He's gonna get a. He's gonna get. They're gonna concussed. concuss him out. Yeah, damn right. Um, and so they're chasing him <laughs> through the city streets. Eventually, he leads him to the main battle where, like, the the main forces are like Franco's and I think Franco's himself um, and the Skaven are, are coming to a head, like one of the main roads or something in this. Um, in the city, uh, thinking that maybe he can lose him through the battle or, or, or what have you, and but it turns out like he's going exactly where he wants to be too because um, he rolls up to the battle. Uh, the the folks riding the Drake House are sort of um, buried under the, the forces of Skaven, but um, who should join the battle? But Ikrit, who um, was not crushed under that previous experiment six years ago, um, but rather is he's still been plotting and planning, and he's there in the seven words. Uh, wrecking face. I mean, you want to talk about like a, a, the Skaven with the power of many gods. It's this dude using all sorts of different powers and stuff, shooting lightning and what have you. Not Sigmar's lightning, but it's like warp lightning um, at people yeah, and, and kicking butt. It's a pretty dramatic entrance. Mm-hmm. Like, dude's just uh, waltzing up. He's got, you know, a horde around him. Uh, he's full decked out armor, gold and brass and rusty iron. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he's not, he's still a Skaven. Uh, but he's like a, a half more tall. Would that be? A- <laughs> I, I wasn't. No, I'm not. That wasn't. I had a sneeze. That wasn't anything. <laughs> so he's definitely stands taller than the Skaven around him. He's beefed oh, they, out a they bit. They do say that. No, he is big. Like he, I think yeah. he is bigger than Skaven. No, yeah, but yeah. not bigger than this. Like, oh, yeah. They, they specifically talked at one point where it's like, uh, you know, they're when they're duking it out, ends up he holds Hamilcar up above him. Even though he's shorter than Hamilcar, yeah. I was like, oh man, I guess I just assumed he was bigger than Hamilcar for you know. Yeah. So yeah, I think he's taller than the Skaven, still smaller than a Stormcast, but his strength, yeah. So he comes in, he's like, I got this. His first move, he can, because he's connected with Hamilcar, he knows that Hamilcar has a connection uh, with the Veritant, and he's like, yeah, I know what your weakness is. Uh, And he uh, sucks the souls out of the Skaven around him, they wither, and he charges it into a blast that he aims at uh, her Drakoth mm-hmm. uh, and knocks it over and extinguishes its life, uh, knocks her off. Um, pretty bold first move. Sure, yeah. Uh, but he sh- he shows his first use of death magic. Mm-hmm. Um, Hamilcar's like, I'm going to bum rush him because that's what I do. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, he thinks he's like, this um, This shouldn't work. I think... It, he might it, even reference like, yeah, I mean, this guy's kind of like a god, and there was that one time where I punched a god in the face, so like, <laughs> maybe that'll work. Anything he says, like, Sigmar says that my strength isn't going to be enough, but maybe surprise. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, exactly. Surprise plus strength. He thinks he's going to catch him off guard, yeah. um, and he just, yeah, he grabs him by his chest, throws and chucks him. Um, this isn't a long battle. Uh, he uses, uh, he uh, chucks him in through into a wall, uh, or he uses uh, realm root or some thor- uh, thorn. What is it? Uh, thorn of vines, vine of thorns. Um, Throne of vines. Is, isn't there a magic spell that the yeah. Sylvaneth used to kind of entangle? So root, roots Ryan come up uh, and entangle um, Hamilcar, and he you know kind of beats him down that way, and he kind of 
uh, kind of gloats over him. Uh, I'm, and he reveals more of his plan mm-hmm. that he wants to go to Azir and specifically go to um, oh, Highheim. Azirheim? Sig- Not Azir. Azir. Oh, Sigmar- Sigmarabulum? Nope, nope. It's a specific mountain that he wants to get to. It's oh. called Highheim. Yeah, oh, oh, I'm sorry. That, there's something funny. there. Yeah, you might have remembered Highheim from our last episode. Is that Pan- where the Pantheon Pan- Pan- was? Yeah. 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 Oh, man. Now I do want to go. I keep saying I want to go back and read it. Anyway, um, so he reveals his plan, and and Hamilcar's like, hmm, you thought I just rushed in here all by myself? But I brought people. And he looks up, and uh, the Ironweld have and Free Free Guild have all gathered here. Um, the Dracoth, he you know, he had lured the Dracoths here, as you said, Aaron. He was had a plan. Um, uh, and up above, he's like, "But I've got the air or whatever." And the the Atar are crushing the rem- remnants of the Skaven sky ships that are up above. And Icarit all of a sudden is all alone. There's a bit more battle. Icarit pulls out a, a foot of gork. Yeah, I had to read that a couple of times. It's like, oh wait, are there are there orcs here? Oh no, no. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so he throws him into this building, foot of gorks him, uh, thinks that's enough, and Hamilcar just stands up like his last bit. He's like the armor that he's been given is extra tough, uh, and he stands up in Icarit camp. He's like, what does it take to put you down? He's like, more than you got, uh, and. Uh, um, Oh man, I don't know the last pieces of sequence that uh, happened right before. Well, at one point, like he like, he also charges him again, like maybe hugs him or something. But then, like oh. he, he throws a lantern at him, like the lantern burns yep. him. He straight up bites him in the nose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, he gives. Honestly, in. it reads so fast. Like I had to, had a hard yeah, time following. I think what he was going takes on. him from behind, or somehow he like gets him into a bear hug. And this is how he got the name Bear Eater, which I did not know if this came up before. It was like he had. He had wrestled like a polar bear, and as it was killing him, his first death, he was yeah. just chewing that bear's ear off. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And I was like, it was the, the mount of a, the the oh, ogres yeah. that had yep, killed yep. his family, the frost yeah. lord. Yeah, or ogres. Yep. Um, uh, and so he, yeah, he I just glossed up. over that. That's the most important factoid of the whole book. No. Why is he called the bear eater, Aaron? Uh, it's because he it was chewing on the bear that killed him on his first death. Uh, that was the mount of the ogre that had killed his family. Yeah. There. Okay, anyways, yeah, back to the fight. <laughs> so he he grabs Icarit by the back. He chews on it, like bites into his snout. Icarit's trying to claw him and do all this kind of stuff. He manages to, to take the lantern back from Icarit, uh, open it up. Icarit thinks, I think he thinks that's going to help him, like, heal him and and there's a, some illusion to like it will make Icarit whole like his process will be complete but it totally just uh burns him starts melting away like his body is turning into liquid in some places uh weakens him enough hamilcar climbs on top of him stabs his halberd into like his arm uh puts his knee on his other arm which smashes him to death until he's just pulpish sure and he rolls off like expent completely exhausted you know, like just f- sure that Icarus not going anywhere, that he's won. Um, and what's the, the the death blow? Well, you know, um, Hamakar totally uh, wins, kills him, and takes his head off. Except that didn't happen. Uh, the the king Atar uh, swoops down, uh, slams down on Icarus' body, uh, grabs his head in his beak, and rips it off. Um, while Hamakar is trying to. F- like ask him questions. How do how do you make me whole? I won't. I'll, I'll if you make me whole. If you put that piece back in, I won't take you to uh, Sigmar, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, but the Atar doesn't care. True. Uh, Fatality. Yeah. Bites his head off. Finish him. Finish him. 
Uh, and that is Ikrit dead. Sure. Or is it? What happens next? <laughs> uh, Ikrit actually uh, disperses into a cloud. Like so, like, give it, give it. A, like uh, after a, a couple seconds or minutes, even um, they're like, ah, oh, Hamilcar sort of uh, is in turmoil, knowing that like what he thought was the the solution to his problem is now gone and dead, and he yeah. he, he has no answers. Um, but then the body of Ikrit actually sort of disperses into shadow smoke yeah. energy or whatever, um, and it it sort of purposely drifts off away. Um, I don't know how we know that it's the direction towards his lair, but Hamilcar says something to the effect of, he's like, somehow. yeah, I guess it's yeah. probably probably going back to his lair. So we don't think that's actually yeah. the end of Icarus. Um, oh, Hamilcar does get right in the, the Atar's face yeah, and is like, I will oh, yeah. murder you. Like, <laughs> he's like, he is just full-blown, like, rage monster, uh, just crushed that he will never be whole again, and he's ready to face down this Atar, yeah. who's been his ally. Like, he's not... But I get the sense that the king does not care. The king no. is like, yeah, I mean, back, no. back off, and my I, friend. Yeah, I think and, uh, the Lord Veritant calms him from it. Yeah. Uh, backs him off. Um, um, and so it's at this point, uh, Icarus sort of dispersed away. Hamilcar sees this, and he's and he's not nearly as destroyed. He's like, oh, well, that that's something. Like, that's something I can rely on. However, Vicaeus uh, rolls back up and says, all right, well, despite all this, I'm still bringing you in. Like, I still got my job to do. Um, but that's not the only eagle who's who's roll up on the battlefield, uh, but rather the princess rolls in. She's got a name. I can't remember what it is. But Hagar? Yeah, that no, sounds right. Yeah. But she swoops in, picks up Hamilcar, uh, Without even touching the ground, literally just yeah. able to clutch him from the uh, from from you know uh, the case's clutches and uh, flies him off and the two of them and oh no and what's his face your guy Nassam Nassam uh, the three of them uh, head off in the direction of where they saw like Ikrit's smoke blowing away. Yeah, he's like follow that star. <laughs> it feels like a real like never ending story moment. Like yeah, <laughs> there is that point too where he surrenders to. Of Achaeus, right? Mm. He's quoting her from her mortal life. Yeah, some of that that ritual. Uh, there's a ritual in their tribe yeah. uh, when the the women take control, um, and so he recites some of that. Like uh, he supplicates himself to her, and there's a split second where she's like, "Wait a minute, that feels familiar." Do I know you? Do I? Yeah. So um, a little bit of like, like this story isn't just about that, but enough like something there where we could see some more of that later down the road. Um, but it's pretty cool. Well, but it doesn't matter because he's got a new gal now, <laughs> and it's a princess eagle. <laughs> I mean, who can compete with that? Uh, and they uh, fly off into the sunset. I don't know if it's exactly a sunset. They yeah. don't really say what time of day it is, but uh, the sun's setting somewhere probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, Finn, that is actually the end of the story. I'm not joking with you. Done yeah. and done. Uh, cool. Any other plot points you guys want to talk about? Did we miss anything? I feel like we covered that book yeah awesome um hey i have a set of standard questions i always like to ask let's dive right into them let's not uh waste any time um so what where do we find our characters at the end of the book um like how, how are they different uh, if, if there's going to continue any future stories like where are we leaving folks hamilcar for example mm-hmm. now a night quester he's still got his mission um still on the lamb still still also on the lamb yes still being chased by vicaeus um 
do we think, and we sort of talked about it before, but do we think this this new mission suits him? Is this new job role suit him, this Night Quester? I think it doesn't, it doesn't, but I'm curious to what you guys think. Yeah, I mean, it, it does because he is by definition allowed to just go do what he wants, mm-hmm. kind of. I mean, like, as long as it's in, in pursuit of this thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he was so defined by, like, needing the adulation uh, and interacting, like, their back and forth with the mortals and all that sort of thing. And this doesn't feel like it quite interacts with that but it might you know sure. i mean maybe he's off on his own no storm chamber but a bunch of mortals yeah well and honestly we don't see a lot of other night questers out there so who knows maybe sure maybe this is part of it like yeah. who knows yeah i think it's an interesting choice with him as such a big character big personality um i did not expect him to to become a night quester um but it certainly opens up the a lot of possibilities for storytelling for him to go where he wants to go um i I don't know if I've said this every episode for the last few, but it it shows me the potential like storytelling of AOS RPG of having these disparate characters from all the different factions that could possibly think of and have them working together and yeah. and questing together. Uh, you know, Brighton's gonna you know still be after him as well. You know, so she'll she'll be back. She'll show up. Yeah, yeah, definitely a little uh, RPG party like forming yeah. there for sure. Um, and then also, uh, Ikrit, I think we can't help but think that he's probably still at large now, even though he sort of floated off away. Well, it's small for now, but then at large. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, we talked about how he's bigger than uh, others yeah. given. Um, at one point throughout the book, it does reference, and maybe this is where we quickly talk about who we think this guy is, right? We, we, we talked about Ikrit Claw. Do, do, we, do we think that's him? Like, it seems a little on the nose, right, with the name? I think he is. Yeah. Yeah. At one point, he's like, I hope to find my real name. I'm like, just drop the R, my bud. Yeah, you got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, because at one point, like you, you mentioned, like he thinks, he, he seems to know that there's more to his history than, than what yeah. he can remember. Yeah. And presumably, that's the nod towards it, him being yeah. a previous character, right? Well, it also says that he's from, I don't know if it specifically says if he's from the old world, but just like that he's been around for longer than most anything else. Mm hmm. Gotcha. So, Aka Claude is like right. He, so he was like the arch warlock from the yep. old world, right? Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. So I, I'd be curious to know if we continue to see this character, if he's going to like open up his his memories from the past, like it because it was all very foggy to him currently. Um, I wonder if through you know additional stories and stuff, he, he's able to unlock those those memories. And the same way that I think maybe Hamilcar is doing it too, right? Sure. I wonder if there's going to be some parallels between those characters i think they're linked right at this point they have they have each have a little bit of each other's soul in them and i think yeah he says something about that he's remembering more Mm -hmm. given what he's taken from hamilcar well and the other question is are there any other people who are alive who ikrit is also linked to uh, like, what's his face? The other Skaven dude, Thankful, right? Like, i wonder if that's a thing especially because that's also a character that geimer's like hitting up recently Mm -hmm. um i'm not going to tell you in what though I don't know if you guys have read it. Um, well, I mean, I guess it's in the battle too, I suppose. But uh, so there's that. So yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Like, it seems like he's got a lock on a, a couple uh, scaven characters. Uh, so again, hopefully we can see more of these and, and see more of these characters and see what they end up doing in the future. Um, speaking of characters, you guys got a you guys got a favorite, an MVP. Yeah, we've already touched on mine. I got Nassam. Why, why do you like him though? So here's the thing. Like he showed up. I'm always a fan of like having my expectations subverted. Like when he showed up, I'm like, okay, this is the bodyguard for the the 
dude we already know who's mortal like there's no way this guy lives like this is the first one who dies in this in this team and he didn't he just kept on being like everything's chill it's cool like he's calm other people are freaking out he's like i got it at one point they come like they they're sprinting across the seven words and they get there and hamilcar like spins around and he's, <coughs> he's talking to him he's going to give him some instructions and he has a brief pause he's like did this guy comb his mustache on the way over? Like <laughs> he looks so good, you know? Uh, so I just, I just enjoyed how, how level this guy was. Um, and it's one thing to like be heroic when you are endowed with godly gifts and you are Hamilcar. It's another, if you're just, just a guy with a big quartz great sword, you know? So sure. I, I, I'm always a fan of that. He felt like an underdog who was just still somehow pulling it out. Yeah. Um, so. At any point, did you? And this maybe it was just me. Did at any point did you feel like he was more than meets the eye because he was so calm in some of these extraordinary circumstances? I was fully expecting by the end of this book for him to be someone else or more powerful than what like he ended up being. Like instead of just like a great sword dude, like it almost was as like as if he was so calm because this wasn't anything to him. Yeah, J.K. I'm Sigmar. Yeah, you know, yeah. I'm. Well, in a sense, I didn't yeah. think he was going to be Sigmar, but like some equivalent, right? Yeah, Especially yeah. considering we knew a bunch of gods were sending people after Ikrit. Sure. I was only, I was almost wondering if that was some other like representative of somebody else. I, because you're, because what you're saying makes sense. It makes me think that I thought that, but I didn't. I, <laughs> okay. it, it did not cross my mind. Sure. I thought it was just a dude. So I'm gonna <laughs> retroactively think that. Nice, good job. So I'm right there with you. <laughs> Um, uh, David, two of us did. It's weird I, that you didn't. <laughs> I was a huge fan of Breichen. Um, this book, they come out with characters that aren't models, mm. which is a cool freedom to have. Yeah. Um, and so Breichen is a human who is able to take on aspects of the um, Sylvaneth with um, bark, skin, armor, uh, with claws, with a heart of fire. She can create spears out of nothing. She can... Uh, um, root way through trees and, and stuff. Because some of those are like uh, Laura Beast spells, right? Because I think right. she was throwing amber spears yep. at people. And so stuff. here's the thing like a follower of Alariel through the lens of the realm of Gur, right? Like yeah. that was what made her particularly interesting. Yeah, right? yeah. So very, you know, so I think she's, I mean, and she kept stepping up powers, um, which I feel like I wish the Stormcast had a little bit more step up. Like, okay, they get to a certain point, they can shoot lightning out of their hands. This or, isn't even my final form. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> but just having some tricks, more tricks up their sleeves. Um, uh, You're talking about hitting some dude with a halberd isn't enough of a trick. For you? Well, I mean, it's it's like it's just like big dude with a halberd instead of a you know a mortal. Uh, but I mean, like she just had a very dynamic character. She's very sure of herself, but also wasn't. She was very confident but knew what she didn't know mm. kind of thing. So uh, I liked her as a, as a kind of a equal or to, to Hamilcar. I thought that was really cool. Paul, did you have a, a fave? I liked Ikrit. Ooh. Ikrit's pretty awesome. Uh, I always loved Ikrit Claw in the old world. Um, he's just a cool, crazy inventor that can do anything he thinks he can do. And that's pretty awesome. That is pretty cool. Um, I, I, I liked him too. I, I hope that we can maybe investigate him as a, like a character uh, mm-hmm. more. Like I like we can see his motivations, but I'd love to get like inside his head uh, more often. Um, what did you think, Aaron? I mean, <coughs> which shadowy creature did you like? I mean, okay, so Malachite definitely is cool from like a concepts perspective, and like he, he's I feel definitely like legit. A butt coming? I, no, yeah, there is a butt. It's a shadowy butt. Um, <laughs> 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 you meant that one. Uh, so like I liked him just like. 
just to see him in action more often. But like, I don't. His character didn't necessarily speak to me one way or the other. I, I mean, I guess I like he was a little uh, full of himself and like very taunty, which was a good sort of maybe not foil but opposite to Hamilcar however like if I had to pick my favorite character it's gotta be Hamilcar right yeah. Just, he, he yeah. was on fire throughout this whole book and like it, it was one of those you, you say well whenever someone someone was on screen or in the pages I always you know enjoyed those moments I loved every second because he was always on yeah. like on yep. screen here in this book uh, and I wish there were fewer great quotable moments that he had so that I could pick those out but the fact that they were just constantly coming um, off the cuff that I, I, I couldn't even bother to write them all down because he was just so um, magnetic and like frankly charming um, and so yeah. like honestly realistically he he hands down was my favorite character in this book I, which was good because it was all about him yeah I think Geimer definitely nailed him figure out who he was and was able to be consistent all the way through and sh- show an arc within this kind of unique character yeah, yeah. right um, so he was still changed but you still recognized who he was and you know his his uh, braggadociousness and he he was humbled but in doing so he didn't lose any of the allure like he didn't yeah. lose any of the a- appeal to him like you know sometimes people get like knocked off their pedestal and, and honestly like become worse for it like in terms of like it, you're you're attracted to like you're you being drawn to them but I don't think Hamilcar ever did like yeah. it almost as if it didn't affect his personality per se like maybe, maybe to some degree it did but um, he was he was my dude uh, what did we learn about the mortal realms that we didn't know before? Um, one coach jumped out at me in that uh, at one point Acturus seemed to think that o- quote only human warriors can be reforged into Stormcast Eternals. I feel like that flies in the face of what maybe we'd been yeah. told before that like it wasn't just humans. However, I think the only examples we've seen have been human beings. And then there was a follow up quote saying something to the fact of like as far as we know, or Hamilcar maybe alluded to the fact that like that was only what they they knew, mm-hmm. and the fact that that was included made me wonder if that's not the case. But that juxtaposition between the Stormcast thinking that only humans can be turned into Stormcast, and like maybe the hesitance to like really confirm that, which makes me think that it's distinctly nebulous, which yeah. could lead to some interesting stuff in the future. Here, I would say. Um this quote fits with another thing that we're told is that there are more mortals in Azir than all the realms combined, uh, that through the expansion and migration back in that Azir has, you know, the, it's the highest population. Specifically Azirheim, like As- the city. The city. Yeah. Um, and what I would say is that, beca- and b- that both of these are kind of quotes of a very Azir centric, uh, way of thinking <laughs> that again, like you can't possibly go to all ends of the realms. They're vaster than you can think just because you haven't seen them. Doesn't mean they're not there. Right. Um, so I would say I liked that. That's the way they think, but that's probably not true. True. Yeah. Um, possibly a, um, what would the term be? <laughs> what? Uh, unreliable narrator. Narrator. You think it? Yeah. <laughs> I let but, it go the whole episode. No, but it's a, I mean, just a fun bias yeah. to, to read into that. Sure. Again, that only humans can become Stormcast. Those are two, that was a connection that I wouldn't have made, but no, I, I definitely see what you're saying. Um, that's interesting. Uh, any the, other? The star, the the connection to knowing where Azir is, no matter what realm you're in. That's really cool. Yeah. Did you guys learn anything else? In the- uh, so the, we got a little bit of hint about the realm of shadow. Like, I feel like, I mean, I expected to get more on shadow and light years ago and we're still getting just this little drip feed but uh talking about malachek uh we have some hints about malirion and we're talking about malachek specifically like how powerful he was if he can scale the walls of malirion's palace 
walk the black maze, evade the mirror traps and the shade hounds, and almost get back out alive, then he can break into the seven words. Yeah. It's like, oh man, there are so many little threads to grab onto there about yeah. Miliran and the Realm of Shadow. Oh no, yeah. Malchick's almost my favorite again. <laughs> Do you think Malchick's name comes from Malarian? That uh, that there's some like he's owned. So he's keeping Malarian in check. Mm. Mm. But I mean, just like inheriting his new whoever he is, inheriting some aspect of shadow. Could no, be. I don't know. Or just like Malay meaning bad, like as a prefix. But like, yeah, I mean, I don't, could mm. be for sure. Um, so that is interesting. Um, the realm roots go to all points. Sure. That's a like. Yeah. That's not a realm. That is a place between the realms, and the realm roots still go there. And it's things like that that made me wonder what the connections were to Nahols, right? Because Nahols yeah. are intentional, and like obviously they can go anywhere. They can go into the, the throne room of, of Sigmaron. Um, so that's why I was like, oh, sure, that sounds like a, a, a Nahol. But um, yeah, if they're just specifically and only realm roots, that is, is a new thing to hear about. I would, I would probably guesstimate that realm roots kind of flow everywhere, and Nahols just bypass through them. So there's probably some way that you're gnaw holes are connecting to realm roots mm-hmm. or like kind of I mean if you think of roots in the ground and like yeah, things digging through, through or maybe absolutely. you just make use of them like sometimes you hop into a yep. realm root and yep. just use that to go they, they talk about how like uh, Ikrit is not wanting to get his hands dirty uh, the uh, vermin lords aren't could get their hands dirty their minions are the ones who dig these gnaw holes and who knows how they go and where they go and how long it'll take to get there um, so yeah they're they're a mess yeah very interesting um, do you guys learn anything else you want to talk about <sighs> hmm all right, well, in that case, bring me some other thoughts. Bring me some questions. I know you guys wrote some sweet stuff down. David did. Yeah, so uh, it was a throwaway line, literally like two sentences, but they it was uh, as as the seven words are getting ready to fall. It's in that kind of final conflict. They're talking about some of the other spots that are still standing up, and uh, it was like the fortress manse of the conclave representative stood fast yet, as did a number of temples to the more redoubtable divinities of the Gorkamon, Sigmar and Gorkamorka primarily. And I was like... What? There's humans worshiping Gorkamorka. Tell me a lot more about that. Give me that everything you know about them. I want to hear it. Yeah. Because you see them uh, worshiping a lot of the other order gods. Like, I think we've seen them, like, worshiping Elariel, but I think is the most obvious one. But, like, the fact that you're branching out to the non-order yeah. uh, pantheon is pretty, pretty cool. Well, yeah, it's it seems so primal, uh, but we do have uh, humans uh, worshiping uh, death gods or even Nagash, yeah, I even think. Nagash, death cults yeah. and yeah. Um, so it's, but it's all, but, but it, it's weird because we can imagine it, but it's so good when they say it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good when they give us that piece in the books. Uh, I have a fun little quote that, that wasn't from anyone in particular, but, uh, we would all love see, we would all love to see Sigmar smiting his own enemies. So the likes of you and I do not have to, but if the God King were, were to take the field today, then tomorrow it would be corn. And the day after, we would all be wishing he had remained in Sigron, ignoring our prayers. Which is, and maybe that's talking about something that we had learned about the realms, but that's a good point. Like, I mean, Sigmar exists. Like, he's there. Yeah. Like, why doesn't he, like, help a dude out? Like, come on, help, help. Yeah. No, 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 because that's, that's an escalation that we don't want to see happen. Yeah. Because if you want, the next step is having Corrin wandering around. And is that what you yeah. want to happen to the, the world I, realms? I think this got touched on briefly in Spear of Shadows. I remember, like, Corrin showing up, or, like, like yeah. they could hear Corrin rolling down because Grungni had, like, made some active yeah you know uh impact on on the realms is like oh yeah so they're all holding each other a little bit of a cold war standoff yeah here. exactly yeah. and i think that quote was from actress was he he seemed pretty insightful throughout this book sure so that was neat 
I think there's interesting. I think I don't know if it, I can't remember if it was Pantheon or some other ones where when Sigmar and Elariel have met, it's almost just like the essence of them or like some um, image of them because yeah. Yeah, maybe similarly, like they can't really become present in these some of these realms. Yeah, because yeah. it would be just tipping the scales too much. Sure. I mean, the idea that they can exist in mul- multiple places at once, you know, there's like, yep. yeah, yeah, aspects, yeah, yeah, we talked about that too. Aspects. Sure, sure. Um, any other thoughts or questions before we get into telling us, let's get a final review. Now that, sure, yeah. given what we've discussed, given what we know now, uh, has anyone changed their opinions? Um, no, I mean, it's... Good, thank God. As we've talked about, uh, the things I enjoyed about this was that I was not expecting the story as it as it came out. The twists and turns taking it from, you know, this boisterous, uh, you know, guy who made me believe he could do everything because Stormcast before him have, uh, to have him uh, fall on his, his butt and take a few hits, uh, and then have it become something that was like, no, it's not just a minor setback. This is a real thing I have to come up against and have him rise to that. And even in his brokenness, feel like he's got purpose and he's got, he's worth, uh, uh, fighting on kind of thing. Um, so I, I, he's a really enjoyable character and uh, this was told really well and kept me on my seat. So, and I made it through. <laughs> <laughs> I, I made time. Like it Prove was, it. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, like it's something where I, it, I made time to, to, to read it. It wasn't a chore. It was every time I jumped into it, I was like, oh yeah, this is where I'm at. Sure. So it was really great. Um, I still feel I, I don't take back what I said before. I do think that it's, at least in recent memory, my, my favorite AOS novel. Um, I like the fact that like through all his tribal, trials and tribulations and the changes and the arc that he went through, it made him even an even more interesting character. And I was already gung-ho pro team Hamilcar like, from page one. So the fact that he was able to expand on that and take what I wouldn't say necessarily was a one-dimensional character, but it, 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 there wasn't a lot of dimensions to him and to expand those facets um, and then also create new ones I thought was artfully done and um, I, I definitely think he grew in, in good ways and interesting ways uh, throughout this novel so uh, I'm, I'm still all about it I highly recommend it and I can't wait for the next one yeah I think it paid off a lot of the aspects early on where I, I remember reading towards the end where uh, in the final battle it's not just like oh he's doing all these cool feats of strength but like his ability to inspire the mortals really came in big for the win. I was like, ah, that's cool. Like this, like the, the typical win for your Sigmar, for your, um, Stormcast hero is like, Oh, he just has this incredible feat of strength. And Hamilcar, it was, it was a feat of strength and perseverance and endurance, but it was also a feat of leadership. Mm-hmm. And I was like, ah, cool. So I appreciated that a lot of the arcs paid off that there were some, some twists, you know, some subversion of expectations. I'm always a fan of that. Um, so, yeah, I rate it highly in the uh, arc of Age of Sigmar Black Library fiction. Um, I would probably go to a 7 out of 8. I really enjoyed it. Um, for some reason that I can't really put my finger on it, it wasn't quite enough high fantasy for me, even though it had this, like, spinning chamber through the realm roots, etc. There was... A, the ATAR really struck me as something that didn't really fit in with AOS. I don't have any justification for that, but like I was like, but what if it was more like the 99 Feathers or more like more like other things? I don't know. For me, so it was great. I would highly recommend it to everybody. Two for, different armies have great eagles in the. <laughs> I'm just joking. And for some reason, it just it just struck me as odd, and there were a couple other things. Where I was just like, I want more. 
right? Like the story was amazing. Hamilcar was great, great character, but for some reason it just, yeah. Okay, I really did love it, but just one critique. I did feel like the Vakilia like storyline was a little tacked on, like without really much payoff. Like I had listened to. So if you you want more of that, you listen to um, hardest there, word. No. Uh, no, there's a audio drama ex- exclusively an audio drama about Hamilcar Palace of Memory is oh, when he gets yeah. locked into Shades Bar, which really doesn't oh, necessarily yeah, yeah, contribute yeah. to the story necessarily, which is why I didn't bring it up before. But it does talk about like that relationship, and like I like that relationship. One of the best quotes like from Hamilcar is related to like his passion for her. So like I, I love that in and of itself. But I don't know. It seemed very superficial to this particular story and maybe it's leading to something more inter- I, I, I'm sure it's leading into something I know it's leading into something like more important later on um, but and I guess the only way you can lead into that is plant the seeds now but it, it still seems sort of tangential to the storyline but that's that's fine I got over it real quickly uh, cool any other final thoughts I think we're ready I think you all shook your head at the same time hit me it's time for our reforging But Sigmar Willing will be back soon. Like, subscribe, share, or leave a review. Anything you can do will spread the word of Sigmar farther than we can on our own. Chat with us anytime about your thoughts on Twitter, at The Mortal Realms. Where can they find you guys? I'm at Red underscore Z. I'm at Dos Asos. I am at PJ Shard. And I'm at Stone Monk Gamer. You can listen to more episodes of the story phase, campaign phase, scrying phase, and what the hex, as well as hobby content at www.themortalrealms.com I'm looking for a name to riff off of. Oh, oh we're coming uh, up with a pun on the fly. It's called Hamilcar. I, did I, I think if I created the illusion <laughs> that they're... They're usually not on the fly. <laughs> I mean, it's actually encouraging. Like Scott. Scott Reed. I don't know that. LVO. Be gone with you. Oh, okay. All right. No. Edit. Break. Break. That nonsense out. All right.